Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. To off the scripts, welcome to my mother's basement, man. Shy Town. Smark is with me tonight. Uh, listen, I'm not going to waste a lot of your uh, precious time tonight. All I have to say is this: fuck you, tribalism. Seriously, fuck you, tribalism, man. I can't stand it. I will not stand for it here. Mods in the chat, if you see tribalism, get them out! Get them out. I don't want them here. There's this going narrative on social media that apparently I am a shill now for Triple H and I'm pro-WWE and I want AEW to fail. I don't know where this fucking narrative's coming from, but we're gonna put it to rest tonight, okay? Yeah, the guy that wears an AEW hoodie every fucking stream. Yeah, I'm the guy that wants AEW to fucking die. Give me a break. Ladies and gentlemen, order a cold beverage, pull up a seat at the bar, enjoy the show. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Mind. Jesse, I'm, I'm coming, bro. bro, I'm coming. I gotta get out of here. This guy, I'm, I'm gonna fire him. Get him the fuck out of here. Bro, you changed the music. You changed the fucking music. What, what, what happened to the cool music? The big band music. We can't afford them no more, right? Yeah, okay. What? I'll see you guys in a little bit. Oh my goodness, man. Oh my goodness, man. Fuck your tribalism, Jesse. I'm tired of it. Let me get this straight. I'm tired of it, man. Let me get this straight. You think I have access to change your music <laughs> and the music I chose <laughs> yeah. was this bullshit that you put on? Yeah. Yeah, I heard you're a fan of jazz music, man. What are you talking about? Man, you're a classy guy, man. Drinking Crown Royale on ice on the rocks, and you got the jazz, the smooth jazz playing in the background. I know you. Bro, I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to some classic hip hop jazz, some diggable planets. Ooh, you, man. You, you, you're, not, you're not. You're not. West. Uh, I know them. Yeah, th those other guys. I, I'm not familiar. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. It's beautiful jazz. Hip hop is 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 where it's at, man. Listen, I enjoy some nice hip-hop, man. I told you. I told you off-camera, man. I, I appreciate Dr. Dre. I think Dr. Dre's fucking great. Did you ever go listen to... Yes. What am I going to say? That uh, that cover song you told me to go listen to. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. you did listen to it. Yes. Okay. Well, the remix, that whatever is... you guys are calling it. Cover song, remix, same remix. shit to me. 
cover song is not done by the original artist. What are we talking about here? That song is We're also- We're not talking about music, man. But uh, I need to get that off that ch off my chest, man. The tribalism lately. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. All, oh, because, all because my guy Andrew Bedella said something two weeks ago, man. It's ruffling a couple of feathers, man. They don't want it to happen. But uh, I told Jesse tonight, man, something's brewing. Something's brewing, man. And it's not the fucking cold beer in the back, okay? No, it's not, man. No, it's not. Something is definitely a brewing. We may be, uh, we may be looking at some uh, groundbreaking news to start 2024, man. But, you know, we're not going to talk about that here tonight, man. We're not going to put a damper on what was a great show tonight. I thought AEW had a very good show with Winter is Coming Tonight. As usual, man, I'm going to lead you to the start of the show. What, what, what do you want to talk about tonight, man? What's the, what's the biggest takeaway that you had on tonight's show? So I'm kind of torn about this. I, I've been sitting there thinking about it since the, um, since the show ended. Because if it, it feels like it feels so I guess we can start with this. It felt like tonight's show was bookmarked very well. Yeah. So it's like I think it started off great. And I think it ended uh, great as well. So when you ask where should we start, I don't know. I don't know. So you know what? Let's kick off. Um, let's kick off with the main event, man. Let's let's kick off with the main event. Although the opening segment um, kind of tweaked my interest as well. As a matter of fact, I changed my mind. Let's go to the fucking. Let's start the show with the start of the fucking show. Okay. We get Samoa Joe coming out. All right, and and this man, he is completely treading the line that we talked about for the last few weeks about is he a heel is he a baby face because he could go either way he could be a tweener you know we don't know what this guy's doing and then we get as we're confused about that dynamic here comes hangman to add another wrinkle into the is he a heel is he a baby face it almost it feels like these lines with this main event story has been completely blurred we've been talking about mjf being heel or face for the last few months now we get these two guys added to it. it. It's it's to a point where I'm thoroughly enjoying how we don't know how the cards may fall because genuinely we don't know who's the heel and the baby face here. We know the devil is a heel, and I think we pretty much established that. Um, against our beliefs, we are starting to believe that MJF is a baby face, although commentary are doing their best to, to keep us um, in the mindset that the devil could still be MJF. Um, I think the biggest takeaway we got from the end of the night is that all one thing we know for sure, some might say, well, we got, we got no kind of reveal, nothing at all about this devil situation. We found out who the devil is not. Okay. So that is, that is something. Although I would say it'd be nice at this point to have a little bit more. We did get something. We know it's not hangman. All right. So it could still be Joe. If I'm not mistaken, is he is he off the is he off the fucking plate yet? Well, I mean, I'm gonna stop you there. I mean, the devil was shown on camera tonight getting out of the car, getting out of the limousine. He exited the driver's side door. Uh, whoever was behind the mask certainly was not the stature of Samoa Joe. I didn't think so either. And okay, so I'm, Joe is not and, the devil. And I'm just and I'm just basing that on um the the information that we got that the people who are playing these parts are physically playing these parts and they won't be changed up down the road. So if that's the case, then yes, the devil is definitely not Joe. I know Joe is not the devil, okay? 
I know you want Joe to be the devil, but go to bed, okay? I think that fucking cat hates Fucking ridiculous, man. I'll give MJF your regards, okay? Yeah, so, Joe so is what? Joe is not the devil. I, I mean, we we could axe Adam Page and Samoa Joe off the list. I know a lot of people are gonna run with the Jack Perry situation. Oh, he he got slammed on real glass. Look, we need to chill for a minute and look at this and just put the cards on the table. It could be Jack Perry. Could okay? be. It could be. I'm not saying this is where the signs are pointing. All I'm saying is that. I see people ready to jump off of a cliff if it's Jack Perry. I mean, it's pro wrestling, guys. Relax. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't see any role at all that they can bring Jack Perry back into that won't get flack. So if you're gonna if you're gonna step into a situation where you are expecting heat, I say get the most heat you can get out of it. So if it's Jack Perry, I will completely see why. I get it. Anything he does, he's going to be booed at. So if you want him booed, make sure he's the biggest fucking heel in the company. Um, I'm not hoping it's Jack Perry, but at this point, I kind of get it. At this, I, I kind of get it. I see it. You know, you got to make me a believer, though. You got to make me understand why in the fuck it would be Jack Perry. But all situations considered, I would, I, I, I get it. If he's going to be booed, let him be booed for a reason. Um, I still think it's Adam Cole. Yeah, I, I mean, still- uh, listen, Jack Perry... The situation with Jack Perry is there's there's one of two ways to, to look at it here, okay? You know, obviously the person in the mask tonight, you know, I know a lot of people said his shoulders are too broad, can't be Jack Perry. I mean, for all we know, the guy that jumped out of the driver's side of that car, he, he definitely fit the bill to be a Jack Perry uh, under the mask just because of the body type and the height and the way that his stature was, Okay. I'm not going to exclude him from the discussion because he is a wild card here. I don't know how they would play that up with him coming back and ruining MJF and getting back at MJF and wanting the world championship and ruining this reign. I mean, just looking at it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, even though they do have history together. Yeah. You know, you, you would think that the man under the mask is targeting MJF because he wants the world championship. What does Jack Perry have to do with the championship? He's been away. He's been suspended. He hasn't been on TV. He factors into nothing since all in since, since September. And again, on the flip side, why are you bringing him back after what he did to only reward him by putting him in the ring and in a feud with the biggest baby face in the company for the world championship? Or if he's the world champion at this point at the uh, reveal, MJF. We don't know if he's going to win or lose at World's End. Why do you want to reward somebody like that? Do you find that to be a little bizarre that people are thinking that it could be Jack Perry and then us asking, well, why is he getting rewarded with a championship match? I mean, that's a bit, pretty big fucking role for him to come back after he basically drove the fucking uh, top dog in the company out, you know? Well, it's probably because of statements just like that. Like what you just said, that that's 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 not true, All right? I mean, I, I think I pretty much debunked that. That that's not fucking true. If you want to say the Bucks did it and the Omega did it, okay. But Jack Perry, I don't, I don't buy that bullshit, dude. I, like I said, Punk uh, we talked about it. Out. I, I, yeah, yeah Punk, we, I, I believe Punk wanted out. So, I, I do, but but again, I mean, but, but I, I get you. But I don't I don't see it as necessarily rewarding. If the guy's on TV, period, then it's it's a reward, okay. 
Yeah. Think about it. It's not about where he is in the car. I mean, if if you feel better that he came back and just jobbed out for weeks upon weeks until he was worth nothing, would that make you feel better? Because they're not making any money off of that. They're not making they're, nobody's benefiting from that at all. So what's the point of that bullshit? So if you're gonna put him on TV, put him on something useful. And this is something fucking useful. Any any role on TV is is a benefit, is is you are you are being rewarded. Otherwise, you can sit your ass at home. All right. I'm gonna put you on TV. I'm gonna do something with you that can that can draw something. If you're gonna draw fucking heat, I'm gonna use that heat. I'll make you the fucking devil. All right. So now when you get booed, it's genuinely because of the whole situation. Of course, most of it is from the whole other situation, but at least you're not trying to put him out there doing something else that makes no fucking sense. And people are booing him, so he can't be a babyface ever a fucking again, apparently. So do something with him. All right. And I don't see this as being a reward. He's not guaranteed a world championship match. You know, he's not guaranteed anything except being the fucking devil. All right. And if you can do something with him that's going to make some money in, in some form or another, do that as opposed to just, we're not going to do anything with you to punish you. You just fucking suspended him. When are you going to be done punishing the guy? All right. It, it, it's, it's over. Where's this shit of doing business now? Not that it's out the window now because it's Jack fucking Perry. Well, I mean, for for it to be the biggest storyline in, in AEW all year, it may be the biggest storyline that, that that they've done. Um, having it be revealed as Jack Perry, don't you think that would be kind of deflating? It would not be the best option. No, I mean, okay. I, like so, I said, I before, mean, that's, I a, that's what pick, a lot that's what a lot of people are going to think. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick Jack Perry. I also wouldn't pick MJF. To me, that would be deflating. That would be deflating. I mean, so, I mean, I, I don't think it should be Jack Perry. I don't think it should be MJF. If they did either one, I would get it. I would understand it. You know, I don't think it's the end of the world, though. I don't, I mean, I see people like, I'm, I'm done if it's Jack Perry. CM Punk let this situation run him out of the company, and now other people are letting Jack Perry control their fanhood of AEW. I mean, what the fuck, people? Relax. You know, I mean, if it's him and it sucks... Then we'll lay into it. Like, this fucking sucks. Yes, the explanation sucked. Your follow through sucked. Everything about it sucked. But if it turned out to be great, you're just going to look like a fucking idiot for shitting on it before you gave it a chance to unfold. And you may you may be correct, Jack Perry. I, I mean, is there someone other than the devil? I mean, somebody is someone controlling the devil? We don't know. Maybe the devil's not really in charge here. Maybe there's somebody above the devil. Who knows? Could be. You know, it's their, it's their job to make sense of it and and sell it to us. They can't just say it's Jack Perry and then wait for our reactions because then I'm gonna be like, well, what else? Why is it Jack Perry? How did it get to be Jack Perry? If you can put all of that into a sensible storyline, I'm on board with it, man. I mean, it's not the end of the fucking world. I, I, like I said, it may it may be somebody else that is uh, running the show here. It may not be the man under the devil mask. I mean, for all we know, the, the way that I look at it is how are these guys allowed in the building? Why are they yeah. running amok backstage? You know, they're, they're treating it like uh, these guys are just welcome backstage. Where the fuck are they? Who let them yeah. in? Who, you know, who's allowing this to happen with no repercussions and no stopping it? There's got to be somebody else potentially... Yeah. It may not be the case, but potentially somebody else is in charge here to let these guys into the building, to let them do what they have to do. You know, maybe there's a higher power and the devil higher is just uh, like the right hand man here to the devil. I don't know. Could be for so for comparison, you know, back in the day one ish days of AEW in the Dark Order form, um, it was believed that Evil Uno was the leader of the Dark Order. Yeah. And that's how he portrayed everything until 
he started telling people that, you know, sooner or later, you're going to have to, you know, uh, you're going to have to answer to the exalted one. Yeah. And, and people were like, who the fuck is the exalted one? We thought you were. Like, no, no. There's a fucking guy higher than me. Yeah. Then boom, it came. I mean, so that if it is Jack Perry, what if he is the evil uno of that fucking group? And there is another exalted one. So let's let's see what they have to fucking tell us before we pre shit on it. You know, and want to call it the end of the world and everything else. I mean, it's not that fucking bad, people. And, and Brett's social media behavior is uh, a little, a little out there. I mean, she tweeted as soon as the show went off the air. She tweeted she did uh, a gif of herself doing the DMD. I don't, I don't know uh, what that means or what that is uh, in correlation with, but you yeah. know, she's been very vocal on, on social media in regards to MJF. And not getting TV time, not getting promo time. And, and she's just making these off-color comments, you know, that kind of really go in sync with what's going on with the devil. Is she a part? Is she under the mask? We, we don't really know. She may be working. Like I said, let me go back to my original point. Here. She may be under the mask. And the one that's controlling the devil may be Adam Cole. They may be using Brit as a buffer until Adam Cole gets back. And then Adam Cole is really the one that's fucking... Just organizing this this huge this huge thing with uh, with the attacks yeah. and the devil mask and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think I think Brits is playing the game right now and you know keeping us all interested and in talking about it on social media. And and for for those who follow this storyline on social media, you know we know that's not everybody. You know all of the fans. Well, the, for the ones that do, that is an interesting you know dynamic to throw in there. Um, I still don't believe it can be Brick Baker just for the. The reason that we talked about, you know, before and that and there's there's no comeuppance for her in that spot. There is there there is there's no redemption. She what are we going to do? We're going to book MJF versus Britt Baker. It's like, oh, well, it yeah. was Adam Cole actually behind it. That's great. So we'll get to Cole and MJF. But what about Britt Baker? She walks out of here fucking scot free after tormenting and doing all of this fucking damage and keeping us all on the hook for weeks. Yeah. I don't. I think Brit is just playing along and keeping herself engaged with the fans on social media. I don't think she has anything to do with this fucking storyline. We were the ones who fantasy booked her into it, and she's just taking it and running with it and having fun with it on on Twitter. Even after tonight's happenings, I am still going with my original original thought, and I said it right after Grand Slam with the with the ankle injury. You know, I, I'm not refuting that Adam Cole was uh, working us the entire time. I do believe that he was legit injured. I do not think that he required uh, multiple surgeries. I don't think that he really went for surgery at all, honestly. I'm just sticking with that. Uh, I do think that he was injured, and I do think that uh, Adam Cole, A, is the devil, and B, he makes the most sense as the devil. Jack Perry is obviously a possibility just because of his absence and people are now wondering where he is and when he's going to come back and how he fits into this. Could it be him, the the stature of this individual behind the mask? Or, or it could be MJF. I'm not excluding MJF from this because AEW's done a really, really great job at trying to deflect, you know, blame onto others. And that's yeah, exactly that's, what, what MJF would do if he was the devil because he doesn't want everybody to pick up the scent of him being really the guy under the mask. Yeah, I, I think they're low-key trying to divert our attention away from who it actually is. I think they blamed everyone who it is not going to be. Yeah. And every time you tell me that you think this whole Adam Cole injury is a work, I keep thinking about you saying Brawl Out was a work. All right? 
Everything can't be a fucking work, man. It's just not. You said Brawl Out was a work for fucking weeks. And then when it wasn't, you just kind of like, oh, it's kind of just forget about like, it. Like, I guess every, everybody said that because everybody no, wanted they didn't. Everybody, I said it was not everybody, everybody, everybody wanted to see the match. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. That's great. I want to see a Ferrari in my driveway, but that don't mean it's there. It's not true. <laughs> the guy is fucking hurt. So I got a dark horse be, in my garage. It's out there right now. The Ferrari will eat that. <laughs> <laughs> Although that dark horse is fucking sick, man. That is nasty. Congrats on that one. Thank you. Um, I think they've low-key told us that it's Adam Cole by telling us that it's everyone else but Adam Cole. Everyone has speculated that it's Roddy. They speculated that it's Joe. They speculated that it's Hangman. They that's one we, that's, that that's someone that's someone, that's someone we didn't mention. I don't think it's Rod. Roddy is not the devil. No, no, no. And and they've speculated on camera or through commentary that it's everyone involved 
No one is mentioning Adam Cole. No. No one. And he's a key figure in this entire storyline. But they've managed to call out everyone to divert our attention away from Cole. It's simply Adam Cole. It's simply Adam Cole. It's fun to play the guessing game and the speculation and the fantasy booking. It's Adam Cole. And it makes sense. And it will tell the best story. And it will put a fantastic little bow at the end of this uh, complete storyline. It has to be Adam Cole. Yeah. Now, I think uh, I think everybody is in agreement here. The ones with logic, the ones with common sense. Adam Cole is still public enemy number one here. He makes the most sense out of everybody as the man under the mask. And I do believe that everybody now that's on TV, the devil and his henchmen, everybody that's on TV right now are the men that are going to be revealed for yeah. this entire storyline. They, I think they, they, they know where they are. They know who's going to be where, who's going to be under the masks. I think they are at that point right now. And I can only hope that on December 30th, we do get the reveal. Because it's it, right now, I yeah. do feel like it's treading water. And we need to get to this uh, conclusion rather quickly to move on to the next uh, chapter here. Because I, I just feel like uh, enough time has been wasted. Yeah, the, the the only thing that might work in that in that scenario of the devil is someone, but there's someone higher than someone. Maybe is a returning Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, who was working on behalf of yeah. Adam Cole. But at the end of this day, Adam Cole has to be the ultimate villain in this entire thing. No, Bobby Fish, huh? Nah, he can return, but he can't be under the mask. Though, where's the lie in that? Tell me, folks. <laughs> where's, where's the lie? The lie? Where's the lie? Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> no lies here, bro. <laughs> Just crickets. <laughs> after uh, Bobby Fish would never find himself back in AEW again after his comments, while employed, mind you, saying that he would go to war with Paul Levesque. Never there again, man. Tony Khan is never going to pick up that phone ever again. Give me a break. Well, we'll never say never in pro wrestling, remember? I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, well, you know, with the news that may be breaking, man, never say never. <laughs> never. never say never. Never say never. No, oh, but JD wants AEW to die, pal. No. No, 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 we don't want AEW to die, man. I love Tony Khan. I think Tony Khan's fucking wants, great. Nobody wants either company to die. He I doesn't love want listen, AEW to die. Listen, I don't want WWE to die. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be completely just blunt and upfront with you guys like I normally am. For all the fucking low IQ geeks out there who want AEW to die, you should be fucking fortunate that AEW is here, man. Because AEW is single-handedly, AEW single-handedly brought Punk out of retirement. Without AEW and Tony Khan, Punk is still fucking sitting in Chicago watching the Blackhawks right now. I said this multiple times in the last couple of weeks. Number that is two, true. Number two... AEW being around has made WWE TV better, man. They made WWE step up their game. So why would you want one company all over again for WWE to go back and be complacent with no competition so that they can put whatever the fuck they want on TV and we'll have to eat it like a bunch of fucking idiots because there's nothing else. There's impact, but now Jesse's got that that market cornered, man, so I can't do impact. You know, people, I don't I don't get it. I understand you. You love your favorites, but wanting the other one to die and go away. It truly and I'm I'm, I'm going to try to put this in the nicest way possible. I think it truly shows your ignorance towards the overall wrestling industry as a whole. 
you don't want just one company. You don't want just one company in the United States. I think the, the very formation of AEW has made the industry better for all wrestlers in the United States, everywhere. So what what is it you trying you're trying to prove by by hoping one company dies? I genuinely I, I don't, don't I don't understand it. How many how many of the how many of these fucking complete nimrods on social media complain every time WWE has a round of budget cuts? I don't believe this company's worth billions and they're firing all these people, innocent people, blah blah blah. How many people got fired? You complained for weeks that these people got fired. So you yep. mean to tell me you want AEW to close down and for everybody over there to lose their fucking jobs? Is that yeah. what you want? That's okay, though, right? Yep, that, that's how they feel. I, I don't. I've been saying it on Twitter for a while. I really, I don't understand the the IWC. I don't understand wrestling fans when it comes down to this tribalism dynamic. I genuinely don't. When during the Monday Night Wars, I um well at, for for the start of it, I watched WCW, and when WCW started murdering WWF, um. WWF kicked into the Attitude Era. Yeah. And I genuinely started watching both. I was loving it. I was literally flicking, you know, you had the, there was no DVR. You had the, 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 the flick back and forth button on the remote. On commercial breaks, I would flick back and forth between the fucking wrestling brands and watch both fucking shows. It was wrestling at its absolute fucking finest. I loved it. You know, I, I never wanted one to go away, ever. I mean, so it was the best time. Ask anyone what the best time in wrestling history is, and 90% of the time, they're going to say the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era would not have been as great as it was, maybe not even existed at all without WCW. Vince Russo, bro. Yep. He's on top of his game then. You know? You know, I, fi I find it to be very funny. Um that when Drew and I talked about the Monday Night Raw potential deal to Warner Brothers Discovery, which is a real thing, by the way, okay? It's not clickbait. It's not fake. Well, how, how did they got sources? They just, they just want to be journalists. First of all, I'm not a journalist, number one. I'm a fucking podcaster. I give my opinion on creative. Jesse's not a journalist. Drew is not a journalist. You know, I, I heard this narrative, Jesse, all week that you know, we want AEW to die. Drew wants AEW to die. The smirk on his face when he's talking about the story. Now people are saying that I am more biased towards WWE and Triple H now that he took over. Uh, and I am kind of following with whatever's popular nowadays to get the clicks and to, to do what I got to do. I'm like, First of all, I read this, and A, I find it to be very blatantly disrespectful, number one. Number two, Jesse can fucking attest because him and I went back and forth via text every fucking Wednesday when we watched one hour of Black and Gold on WWE Network, and it was the best wrestling show in the fucking world. Who ran the show? Triple H ran the show. We, we were the ones watching it. Not many people watched it because it was a niche audience. I was one of the only content creators that covered black and gold NXT, and people stayed away from it because it wasn't what was popular. It's not the main roster. Yeah. So I covered it because the stories were great. They were, they were telling great stories down there. The wrestling was great. And I always said, Jesse, that the way Triple H was running NXT is the way that the main roster should be run. Now, yes. what what are we getting on the main roster? Hi, hey guys, you know that you know that WrestleMania night one and two where they had seven matches each, and everybody fucking complained that they were leaving people off the card. 
Where do you think Triple H got that from? Black and gold running the takeovers. What about Survivor Series that had five fucking matches? Five matches for Survivor Series, huh? Where do you think he got that one from? Where do you think all these people on TV are coming from? These are the same people he pushed on black and gold every single fucking week. You are watching a main roster version of black and gold. Is it as good? No, because nothing will be as good. But the bottom line is me, Jesse, Drew, and whatever I do on this channel, whoever I allow on this channel, we are neutral. We don't have allegiance to WWE. We don't have allegiance to AEW. We want better pro wrestling. But at the end of the day, for anybody that tells me I'm a shill for Triple H, of course I'm going to be because Vince McMahon was doing so much better, right? Triple H is the fucking person that's going to dig us out of this fucking hole we've been in for the last 20 years. You don't find that to be a positive? You wouldn't want that to grow into something better? I don't understand you people. I'm 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 in agreement. I was right here with you that entire time, and you sat here, and you reviewed on Wednesdays NXT Black and Gold, and not that many people tuned in, and you continued to do it. Well, why? Be because you enjoyed the product, you enjoyed the pro wrestling in it, and you wanted to help it grow and help help it get over. So you continued to watch it. You continued to watch it until it started to get washed out. And then it, and it stopped becoming interesting. And you stopped watching it because it was no longer fucking viable. But when you start putting over the main roster, people get angry. See, there is there's the tribalism, bro. There was the people who wants to be tribalistic to AEW and then WWE. So when you lean towards one, it's not the same people. It's just the other half. It's just the other half. The other half is going to complain when you put one over it, and the other half is going to complain when you do the opposite. So... I'm with you in that regard, but I'm going to stop trying to please everyone because it's not going to fucking happen. I think you're doing right by just putting over the best wrestling product. You know, I might not always be here for the live shows because of dad duties, but I do catch the replays and I see you constantly saying, you know, WWE is the hot product. Monday Night Raw is the hot product. But it wasn't that long ago, a couple of years ago, where you said AEW was the hot product because it was. It was. And right now, WWE is. and People still want to say that, oh, well, you, well, you're just shilling for one side. Well, where were you two years ago? It was the other half of people complaining that. You're how, just not going to make everybody happy. How, how am I a Triple H shill on the main roster, but you guys don't realize that I was a Triple H shill through, what, eight years of black and gold when he ran black and gold? Of course I'm going to be a Triple H shill. Look what he did down there. How could you not praise what he did down there? I don't, I don't get the tribalism when I speak. Uh, it, it's amazing to me. Oh, WJD is changing sides. I don't believe he liked Monday Night Raw. I'm like, why wouldn't I like Monday Night Raw? It's better than it was fucking two years ago. This but guy I, right I here, this guy right here that's a co-host on my show Wednesday nights, he watched when Vince was fucking retired. He watched that very next Monday, and he watched for weeks leading into that SummerSlam. He saw the change. He felt the change. You know when he stopped watching? When Vince came back in fucking December. That's when he stopped watching because he knew it was changing. And you know what? He never came back, and he doesn't watch it now for two reasons. One, he doesn't trust Vince is going to stay away. He's always afraid that Vince is going to fucking emerge from the shadow somewhere. And number two, he doesn't want to deal with CM Punk because of the same reasons he doesn't trust that Phil is going to remain on his best behavior. He may watch. He may watch. He'll watch the pay-per-views. He may watch when something happens. But 
It's going to take a long time for that trust to fucking yes. grow. It's not going to happen overnight, people. I don't sit here and fucking, yeah, man, I'm pro WWE now and fuck AEW. Bro, if I showed you the DMs that I get from people within AEW, man, that know what we do, come not on, true. man. Come on, man. They know that we love what they do. Give me a fucking break with they this know. tribalism. They Give know. me a break. And three, to my own personal reason why I don't watch, I just don't have time. I just don't have time to absorb all of the story and all of the, the shit that comes with three to four weekly shows from WWE as I try to watch AEW and I cover TNA. That's just my personal reason. I'm not saying I'm watching TNA because I think it's better than WWE. For me right now, that's where my focus is because that's what I'm covering on my own personal channel. So between watching that, keeping up with that, and keeping up with AEW, and still trying to be a father around here, I just don't have time to watch wrestling six to seven days a week, guys. So I'll catch some highlights on this man's stream right here or some stuff on Twitter. And like he said, I'll watch the big four on pay-per-view, but I don't watch the product. And some people just don't understand that and they want to call me a liar. Guys, I don't come here to lie. I, I do not come here to lie. I come here to give my opinion about shit. It could be wrong. It could be right, but it's it's not a lie. It's just what I feel at the time. Have I ever said anything to you guys that was just completely outlandish about WWE TV? Have I, have I praised everything that they've done? Or have I been critical about the things that they do wrong? And when they do it wrong, I call it out. When they do it right and get it right, I call it out. Same thing with AEW. Jesse and I have been very critical of AEW the last several months because they're not perfect. They oh, yeah. haven't been hot. They've made some very questionable decisions. But at the end of the day, him and I want it to succeed. I need it to succeed. You need it to succeed. Otherwise, there's going to be a monopoly again, and WWE is going to be the only game in town, which all these men and women, they're not going to WWE, which means they're going to be making less money, and they're going to be out of the public spotlight. At least with AEW, they're with their major promotion, and Tony Khan is taking care of them for the time being. So stop the tribalism, please. Yeah, stop it. it, it if it, I it see goes, it on it Twitter, goes, if yeah. I see it in the chat, I'm getting rid of you. I'm not even entertaining any of yeah. Completely false narrative. Please tell me you don't watch what we do, what I do, without telling me you don't watch. Clearly, I know the OGs watch. Clearly, the OGs know how I fucking cherished black and gold. You can easily tell the OGs and the people that have been rocking with me for several years to the people who want to see something that someone said on social media. Oh, JD's a fucking shill. He's an asshole. I don't believe him. He wears an AEW hoodie, but he loves WWE. Fuck him. He's a traitor. I mean, I wore Roman Reigns hoodie uh, two weeks ago. Nobody, nobody saw that, though, right? People don't get... I mean, it, it's okay to not like what you're hearing. It's okay to say, okay, JD said this. I don't, I don't agree with it. That's, that, that makes sense. I heard what Jesse said. I don't agree with it. That makes sense. That doesn't make us a shield for the other, a shield for the other side because we said something that you disagree with. It just means we said something that you disagree with. That's it. You said something that we disagree with. Now, people will clip shit and put shit online and everything else. And people who don't watch this podcast will take that clip and run with it and run with their agenda. That's usually how a lot of this bullshit gets started. Yeah, It really, it really fucking is. I saw someone in the chat a few minutes ago that said that they bought two CM Punk AEW t-shirts when he returned. I bought three. I bought That's fucking great. three. You want to know how I feel about Punk? Go watch the Brian Zane video. Not right now. 
but go watch Brian Zane's coverage of a of, of Punk's run in AEW. I thought it was I thought it was spectacular and very well. Bro, done. I got a you, I you got a, I got a CM Punk T-shirt. I got a CM Punk AEW action figure staring at it right now on my shelf right there. I, yeah. I bought a whole bunch of CM Punk paraphernalia from AEW, and you know what? I'm gonna buy some CM Punk stuff when he's in WWE too. So what? I mean, it, it, dude, you enjoy your wrestling. If you see what you like, great. I mean. Punk rubbed me the wrong way personally. If Punk would have came here, did his bid here, served his time here, left here, and went to WWE, I would feel different about Punk. I still wouldn't be watching for the same reasons that I just listed a few minutes ago, but I would feel different about Phil as a whole. My whole thing about Phil is the way that he came in and left. I mean, I just didn't feel like the voice of the voiceless to me, and that's what he sold me on over the last 10 years. I just didn't think that was very CM Punk-like. Uh, hey, 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 Luke Morneau in the chat. I, I didn't know that I had bosses in the chat room. More w, uh, more AEW talk, less WWE talk. Move on to the review. Motherfucker, I didn't know that I was being monitored by people and I had to move my shit along. I, I mean, it's my fucking show. You want to go start your own fucking podcast, huh? Go talk, AEW, go talk AEW on your own show. I'm talking to Jesse here. You fucking you mind? Tune in the sap if you want. Go go watch Denise. The, the, oh She's God. probably reading fucking 16 super chats. 199 oh each. By the time she gets the fucking review, it's over. It's the new thing now. now let me let me type what, what the what the promo is word for word on, on AW Dynamite in a tweet so I get some clicks on Twitter. That's the new thing that she does. Everybody does it. Everybody does that. I, I don't get that. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I heard the promo. I got to read you fucking recite the promo word for word on Twitter now? To each What's own. your view, man? How's your opinion? What's your opinion you're looking like? Give me a fucking break. To each his add, that, add, add another asterisk as to why, oh, JD's not invited to the media scrum. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into Swerve. We're going to get into John Moxley. Fantastic main event. The Continental Classic... Has been fantastic. I don't give a shit what anybody says. This this new thing. Too. Oh, uh, the Continental Classic doesn't have any stories. I don't know, man. I counted like two or three different stories tonight, man. I don't know what the fuck you're watching. Stories are coming along now. Stories. You want stories? I told you from day one. The fucking tournament is the story. Were we wrong? No, we're not. Winter is coming. We opened up with a great promo. Back and forth between Adam Page and Samoa Joe. Now, I will say this, and I'll let Jesse get into what he thought here first. I will say this in regards to this opening segment. We got no theme song for Dynamite. We got no, here comes the boom. We got uh, Excalibur saying, you know what day it is. It's Wednesday. I mean, I wish they cut that shit out. I mean, it's him saying it just irks the shit out of me. I don't know why. They do it on Saturday, too. But... I like the homage to to Bruce. I, I do, I do, but it's ex, the way Excalibur just accentuates himself. It's just fucking. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not never a fan. Forget, I, I mean, always, I'll always remember. Never forget that homage to Bruce. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a fan of Excalibur, but regardless, no promo, uh, no uh, no uh, theme song, no intro. We get right into Excalibur uh, announcing us on Dynamite, and we get right into a cold open. Nothing. Samoa Joe comes out. And his theme music plays, he walks down to the ring, and he grabs a microphone. I like that. I like when AEW changes it up because we don't see it all the time. I wish that they would do more of this on a weekly basis because 
jumping into Dynamite and having Excalibur announce the show and then right into Orange Cassidy every fucking week. I mean, it, it gets a little tedious and it gets a little played out. The fact that they changed it up, Jesse, I said, well, look at that, man. A nice, refreshing difference to the open of Dynamite tonight. I quite enjoyed it. There you go. I mean, it's, it's, it, oh, they, it's kind of hard to do a show. WWE, man. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of hard to do a show every week and be unique, you know, make yourself stand out from the rest, but at the same time, keep everyone interested. But if you change too much, then people get angry. If you don't change enough, then people are like, oh, you got to evolve. You got to change. You got to do something. You know, I mean, WWE would keep the same theme and and entrance sets for you know a good couple of years you know and then when we get a change and the change felt special it felt important it felt big but then after a while they get tired of that and they would change it up so it's good to change it up from time to time it is and if you and if you keep changing it every week then you're gonna drive people away because people don't like change it is it's yeah. a really hard fucking line to follow you see what i mean man? Yeah. it's you're never gonna make everyone happy so you really should just do what you feel is best for, you know, your, your fans, your statistics and your, your income and things like that and hope it all falls in line. But AEW is still trying to find that that fine line. And I can agree there. They're trying to make it all work. They're trying to find the synergy, trying to find out what's clicking to get the company back where it used to be, because it has definitely fallen off. Yeah, uh, they they, uh, they won't admit that. And they uh, do not like criticism. We know that for a fact. I oh, mean, we, we we felt that personally. Uh, they don't like criticism. Uh, whatever they're doing, they think they're doing it right, and they think they're doing it best and uh, better than anybody, and they don't want to hear it. So, I mean, fuck us. What the fuck do we know? In their defense, WWE is still like that. You know, from what, from all intents and purposes, I've never seen Triple H just go out and just straight up do what the fans want. But at the flip side, Triple H has been the one with his finger on the pulse of what the fans want and just does it. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the guy's always been good at it. He's been good at it since NXT. He just does it. You know, I, I don't see him changing his um, plans and changing his pushes and things like that, you know, just to plead, just to appease the hardcore fans. But at the same time, his judgment is usually, you know, pretty much agreed upon by, by the core fan base over there. So, uh, uh, bro, bro uh, wipe your chin, bro. You got something on your chin there. Well, this Triple H talk, man. You're gonna you're gonna give uh, a bad a bad impression to the to the shills out there that think you're I a Triple love H. Triple H. I well, I love I'm just I'm just warning you, man. You you may, you may, you may you may get called you may get called a dick rider later on. Oh no, oh no, not that man. Yeah, no. Triple H is Triple H is the guy, man. I'll never forget what he did in, in NXT Black and Gold. And um, my first time going on record, you know, with you on this one, I'm I'm kind of in the belief as well that when when Vince and and Bruce took his baby and murdered it. I think it sent them into a, a cardiac event, man. I do. I, I believe it. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You could fuck. He was the hardened could... soul, and they took away his hardened soul. Everything he worked at, everything he built, all the passion he put into the relationships he built, the rapport he had with these people, they took it and they killed it, and they made it WWE light. Main roster light. And I don't know what the fuck they made it. It, I don't know. It was terrible. It was god awful. I remember that like it was yesterday, man. We get we get black and gold killed. Two the next week. Here's Von Wagner. What the fuck god. am I watching, man? Who is I, this? I watched one week. Never watched it again. <laughs> never watched it again. 
I, my honest right hand to God, I've never watched one full episode of the new NXT after that first one. Never again. Never. They killed it. They got it back, but Triple H doesn't have time for NXT right now. He has the main roster to fucking run. And Shawn Michaels' vision of NXT, maybe it's great. I don't know, but I never went back to it after that point, man. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it again. I, I watch sporadically here and there, but uh, it's it's never going to be back to what it was. But no. Samoa Joe out there, got a microphone, said the apparent attack on MJF could have jeopardized his championship opportunity. He said he saw a broken beer bottle that matches what Hangman Adam Page drinks. Now, what is it that he actually drinks? Budweiser? I don't know. Coors Light? It never really established that. It just drinks beer. What is and, it? Can, and can, someone, can someone find that out, man? I, I would love to see someone ask that in the media scrum. You, you know, Jesse and I are not allowed there. You know, I, I'd ask that. Bro, what is your favorite cold beverage, man? You know, and Samoa Joe made uh, some accusations there that the beer bottle was something that you drink. What is it that you actually do drink? The yeah. only thing that they've established that Hangman actually drinks is Jack. They've established Jack Daniels on BTE. Okay. Other than Jack, it's just been beer. Jack and beer. They've never established a brand of beer. I love me some Gentleman Jack. Jack is good. Jack was my first hard liquor I got into. You know, everybody starts that phase when they start drinking stuff light, wine coolers or stuff like that, or maybe a beer. Jack Daniels is my first hard liquor that I started drinking when I was younger. Modelo. He drinks Modelo? That didn't look like a Modelo bottle. I thought the Modelo bottles were a little, no. Uh, no, a little, no. a little more rounded. They weren't no. really like, uh, like a typical beer bottle. No, Modelo was a very distinguishable bottle, and that was not yeah. a Modelo bottle. No. Uh, very curious there, but he said he's also noticed a lingering scent of Stetsons and disappointment. He says <laughs> that was a good one. He says he searched high and low for a cowboy, but he was missing. Adam Page comes on out. He enters the ring. He gets face to face with Joe. He told him to accuse him. To his face, like the man I thought you were, Joe. He says if he thinks he had anything to do with it, he'd be so wrong because he doesn't care about what's going on with MJF and the game of Clue and who done it. Joe says he might not care, but he might have already made up his mind to be an executioner. I kind of like that line myself with Joe. He don't give a shit. I'm going to blame you, and then I'm going to fucking be the executioner. Roderick Strong interrupted him and started yelling, Samoa! Joe, this so is a good. thing now. He was so good. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Roderick Strong called Hangman his young boy. Strong entered the ring and says that they never saw who attacked MJF. Come on, Joe. Think. It's Max. He's the devil. Hangman swung Strong around. Strong says he's not talking to him. Hangman punched Strong. Joe had some words for Hangman. Then left as Paige stared him down. Uh, Roddy attacked Hangman from behind. And this was a opening match of Roderick Strong versus Adam Hangman Page to start Dynamite. I thought this was great. It established that Samoa Joe is focused on keeping MJF healthy. We got Roddy continuing to blame Max because he wants Adam Cole back as his friend. And he wants to prove a point to Adam Cole wherever he may be. And Adam Page, I don't know where Adam Page factors into all this, like Jesse and I talked about earlier in the open. They want you to think that Adam Page was a part of this, and then he ended up getting attacked at the end of the show, so that now eliminates him from the cast of 
uh, potentials underneath the devil mask or who is running this ring of, uh, of attacks on Dynamite. The only problem I have with this, Jesse, is are they setting up Samoa Joe and Adam Page for after World's End? Is this a potential if Samoa Joe wins the World Championship from MJF and we get the devil to reveal himself and the devil costs MJF and MJF really has to go away for a little bit because of injury, is this setting up Samoa Joe's potential first opponent in Adam Page and that be a World Championship match? Well, I don't know about his first opponent, but it it does seem like all of these guys are going to be eventually lined up to um to end this big huge clusterfuck of of a main event storyline, you know, including Wardlow, including Joe, including MJF and Roddy and you know Cole and and and, and I like how Roddy this this is how this is how getting over gets gets uh, paid off in pro wrestling. Um LA Knight I hear LA Knight has worked his way up the the ladder, you know, the card because he got himself over. Um, same thing here for Roderick Strong. The guy got himself completely over, and I think he has moved himself up the card, if nothing else, just a little bit to be in this main event picture and be a solid stay in it, you know. And by proxy, the you know, the guys he's bringing with him. I mean, it's. It's hard work and it pays off. And I I enjoy that shit. You know, I enjoy watching someone do something minuscule or very small, the fans loving it and the guy getting rewarded. For all intents and purposes, who would have predicted a year ago that Roderick Strong would be in the main event picture in AEW? You know, but here he is. I think that's I think that's fabulous shit, dude. But um all these guys will go fucking head to head at one point, but I'm assuming the devil should be the one to go first. With whoever the champion ends up being, if it is Joe, because maybe MJF does need time away. So I don't think it'll be right away, but I think all these guys will be in the picture for for a foreseeable future in the main event scene until all this shit gets rectified. You know, Roddy, about a year, year and a half ago, was on NXT 2.0 as the leader of Diamond Mind with the, with the Creed brothers. And uh, that was just awful. I mean, yep. he wants to, yeah, reportedly he asked for his release three times. And then he <laughs> I mean, now he's in AEW. He's killing it. He's got a character and a gimmick that's working. He's got his guys with him, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett. They're doing great. They're a part of the biggest storyline of the year for AEW. I mean, you can't go wrong here. Uh, the only thing is here, uh, I, I get that Paige and Roddy have history in Ring of Honor. Excalibur mentioned that they shared the ring over a dozen times as opponents and as tag team partners. This is obviously Paige's first match back since the Texas death match with Swerve at full gear. So he he is getting a match and he needed a victory because you're not going to beat uh, Adam Page uh, again after that tremendous loss to Swerve. The only question is, Jesse, I, I know a lot of people were probably asking themselves the same question, but it wasn't really that big of a deal because the match ended up being a great open for the show. Why did this match take place? Why was this match happening? Or do we need a reason for this match to happen? I mean, we're just kind of thrown on the card and there was no real rhyme or reason for it to actually be happening. It plays no part in the story whatsoever. Which one? The Adam Page and Roddy match. Oh, the Adam Page and Roddy yeah. match. Yeah, it, you know, it, maybe it, maybe this was the whole plan or maybe just as a, 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 an issue of things just happened to fall in place and fall in this lap, and they just take it and run with it. But um, at the end of the day, um, I'm glad it happened. Like, yeah, it made no sense, but 
um, Roddy being in, in the position that he's in right now. For me, I, I, I never thought Roddy would be in the position that he's in right now in AEW. I didn't think he would get once, 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 um, um, Fish left. Was Bobby Fish left? I kind of thought this whole reunion of Undisputed Era was gonna go south. They weren't gonna find anything to do with these guys together, and this guy was just gonna flounder. God, I didn't want to use that word, but yeah, I thought that I thought that he was gonna fucking flounder, but he got himself over, man. He got himself over. That I mean, to a to a wrestler, the most important thing you can do is connect with the fucking audience. That's it. It's not make the bookers happy. It's not make the owner happy. All you have to do is get an opportunity. And if you do and you connect with the crowd, they will be forced to listen to the fans and put your ass on TV. And I think Roddy killed it in that, in, in that regard. I agree. I very much agree. Uh, this was a great match. Regardless of if it made sense or not, this was a very, very good match to open Dynamite. 15 minutes. More Adam Page on Dynamite. I think he's a tremendous wrestler. And uh, I just... I just enjoy personally when he's on the show. Uh, yeah. So I would love if they find uh, a bigger spot for him moving forward. Uh, we go into the first commercial break here of the show. Page wanted a moonsault. Mike Bennett took the referee to allow Taven to distract Page long enough for Strong to hit a big-time backbreaker on the top turnbuckle, and we go to a commercial break. Now, Roddy stayed in control throughout the commercial break, and Adam Page mounted a big babyface comeback here, big strike exchange. And both went for the same thing and collided with rolling forearms, and both guys were doubled down. Page started firing off some strikes in the corner. Aubrey Edwards had to pull him away. Roddy tried a jumping knee, leapt right into a Death Valley driver by Adam Page for a two-count. Page didn't want a superplex off the top rope. He was biting at Roddy's head. Strong slid out uh, and slid between Page's legs, but Page tried a moonsault, landed on his feet, Roddy dodged, charged, and ran into a pop-up powerbomb by Adam Page for a two-count. Strong then kicked free from a dead-eye attempt and then pancaked Page before connecting with an angle slam, Tiger Driver, and into the stronghold submission. Page got to the ropes, and he fought to the apron. So Mike Bennett... Once again, getting involved, took the referee, but this time Page was ready for Matt Taven, who took, uh, who he took out with a moonsault. Bennett then joined uh, his partner, and Page hit a top rope moonsault onto both men. Page then tried the buckshot on Strong, but he countered. Page got a roll-up for a two. Roddy gets up, kind of stumbling. Page dropped him with a dead eye, which I don't really think he connected all of it. And that was enough for the victory on Roddy. Adam Page gets the victory in 15 minutes. Solid open. And I thought this was a very good open in general with the promo back and forth with Joe and Page. Started Dynamite a little bit different than the norm. I thought they uh, they nailed it here with this opening to Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, so the match itself, won't even bother getting into it because I thought the match was 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 fantastic. It was good for what it was supposed to be. Yeah, put it like that. I won't say it was a fantastic match. It was, it was, it was good for what it was supposed to be. Here's what I took away from the match. Um, Hangman is back, okay, and he's back on it, back on a, on, back with a win. You know, after that, you know, tough loss to Swerve. Roddy loses a match with all this momentum that he has, but they protected Roddy in his loss. 
Always pay attention to when someone loses who's on some kind of in some kind of storyline or on some kind of hot streak. If they lose, were they protected? And this wasn't the only time we're gonna see this tonight. They made sure to point out the fact of oh, you know, his neck, the things like that, this is that. That was probably the reason why he lost this particular match. You know, that tells me that they plan on doing something with this person as opposed to come out, do a match, you lose clean, go to the back, you know, pack your shit, get back on the plane, go home. Yeah. You know, this tells me that they have plans for Roddy. Someone has to lose, okay? It's just a part of pro wrestling. But it's about how they do in the match and how you protect them in the match if it's someone that you want to do something with. Because otherwise, I'm going to come back and say, but this guy just fucking lost to Hangman. Yeah, but, you know, it was that injury and shit like that. Now that that injury is healed, maybe, you know, Keep them strong for the next time. You know, we only have the same 30, 40 people in the company. You know, the shit goes round and round. It has to be a reason why they lost if you plan on doing something with them later. Yeah. We go from that to a AEW Continental Classic Blue League match. Now, the Blue League usually takes place on Saturday Night Collision. And tonight we got a Blue League match with Andrade El Idolo against Brody King. Now, this is our first look at the Blue League on Dynamite. I think the Blue League is uh, a lot more competitive than the Gold League, if I am looking at this from my POV. I think it's a little bit more open, a little bit more unpredictable. And Andrade was coming in with six points. Brody King was coming in with six points, so they were both undefeated. So someone had to win here. And Andrade was the guy that got the victory here. Now, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to this. Andrade has been fucking great this entire term. He had a great match with Brian on Saturday. He's just been killing it in the Continental Classic. I hope that this tournament really opens Tony Khan's eyes to what Andrade is capable of. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think Andrade is on his way out when his contract is up, whenever that may be. I think he's going to head back to WWE. That's just my opinion. But for the time being, hopefully Tony Khan sees what he's got in Andrade. Is Andrade going to win this tournament? No, he's not going to no. win this tournament. But no. Excalibur did bring up tonight on commentary that both guys, if two men tie in their leagues and wind up the two highest scorers in their league, then the tie goes to their league match winner. So if Brody King and Andrade end at the top of their league, then Andrade advances to the finals because he got a victory over Brody King. So I know a lot of people were saying, well, what if we have a three-way tie between Jay White, Swerve, and John Moxley at the end of this tournament in the Gold League? I guess it's going to be winner's advantage there. So I don't know what's going to happen as far as that is concerned, but I like the fact that he did clear that up. There will be no tiebreakers. There will be no extra innings here. It's whatever. You know, when the tournament's over, you're getting a finalist from that block. There's not going to be any extra bullshit. You want to know how I know there won't be a three-way tie? How? Because it's a scripted television show, fucking dipshits. Yeah, yeah that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Tony Khan wants to do it, I'm sure he'd do it, but... Uh, yeah, you know. no, no, this is... um. You know, this it, it, this is going to work out. Um, I was kind of skeptical about the whole tournament thing, but like I said before, when it was kind of boring at the at the start of it, the stories will start to tell themselves the further you get into it. And now with the records being a thing, it's starting to, it's starting to tell its own story, and it's yeah. starting to get interesting. Yeah. Now, the stories 
for all the fucking idiots out there. Oh, wait, where's the stories? The stories are in the tournament. The tournament is in the stories. Are the are the stories in your face like the devil story? No. Is the story that's taking place or the stories that are taking place in the tournament in your face like Copeland and Christian? No, they're not in your face like that. They are little stories that are going to carry you from week to week to week to week in all these matches that you see that take place on Wednesday and on Saturday. What's the story with Andrade? CJ wants to break away from her husband and become one of the best managers in the company. She's leading Andrade into the tournament as a relative unknown. They never had any relationship or partnership together before. And now Andrade is nine points to zero. So clearly CJ and what she's doing, whatever she's doing, we don't want to know what she's doing. Miro may find that to be uh, a thumbs up of approval there, but uh, I, I, I regress. Know. You know. I want to know what she's doing. Uh, well, whatever. I mean, clearly her managerial skills are working on Andrade. That's the story for him. Brody King, everybody wanted Malachi in the tournament. Everybody wanted Buddy Matthews in the tournament for one reason or another. Matthews, this tournament suits the type of wrestler he is. He's a fucking workhorse. He's an absolute savage. He's one of the best in the world. Malachi, people just want to see him on TV and he's the leader of the House of Black. But Brody... People are going to look at Brody and be like, well, he's kind of maybe the third wheel in the House of Black. And he's proven that, you know what? I hear all the murmurs and all the rumors. I'm going to step out of the shadow of the House of Black. And I'm going to fucking do what I got to do as a, as a single in this tournament and prove to everybody that I'm the guy in the House of Black. That's his story here. So, you know, are they in your face? No. But they're right there for you to understand. It's not that difficult. I got, I got a question. If I'm Miro, I have a question for my wife. You know, you want to go out and you want to do business on, on your own and, you know, show your worth and your value in the company. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But riddle me this, wife of mine. Why do you have to go out there dressed like Michelle Pfeiffer in fucking Batman Returns in an all-leather fucking cat suit? Why can't you go out there in fucking business attire? And look like you're out there for business. You look like you were out there in a fucking rubber suit or some shit. What the fuck was that? Andrade is showing her what tranquilo really means, <laughs> bro. It's like, uh, what the f I bought you all these business suits and you go out there dressed like the fucking cat woman. What is this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I don't think anybody's complaining. Nope, not at all. I thought coming out of the Blue League, that Danny Garcia would be the one to beat Brody King here because he doesn't have a victory in the tournament yet. So I was actually pleasantly surprised to see Andrade get the victory over Brody. He goes to nine points. He's the leader of the Blue League right now. And Andrade and Brody, in my honest opinion, Jesse, I thought they put on one of the better matches that we've seen in this entire tournament so far, man. They beat the shit out of each other. It was a hard-hitting match. It really could have went either way. Both guys really made a case for winning this match. Andrade was not an odds-on favor. Brody was not an odds-on favor. Andrade is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And I was pleasantly surprised that Andrade got the victory here. I, I thought Brody was going to get it, but it didn't happen tonight. Nope. Um, it had to happen. And, you know, like it happened in the, you know, in the last tournament match, we're now getting into those matches where you have to start protecting your losers. And they, they yeah. did it again right here. They protected, they protected Brody in that loss. You know, like some tights were grabbed right about there. Yep. You know, and like, hey, it it happens. You yeah. know, it's it's gonna fucking happen. So, no one's out of it. You know, Brody can still win this shit. I mean, he's actually, I would, pardon the pun here, I would call him a dark horse. Yeah. 
You know, I, I mean, why not? Everyone's looking at Swerve. Everyone's looking at Mox. You know, some are looking at Andrade. I'm, I'm looking at Brody King, man. Who knows? Yeah, the Blue League is pretty impressive right now. You got Andrade, who's nine points to zero. Brian, obviously, is always going to be an odds-on favorite, no matter what. Andrade beat him. So, mm-hmm. Brian already has a loss in this tournament. Brody King has a loss. Danny Garcia's got no wins. And Eddie yeah. Kingston's story is, well, my titles are on the line. I have to win this tournament. He's already lost his first two matches. He won his third match. So, now you're going to see him. You know, he beat Claudio. You're going to start to see him make that baby face attempt to come back and win this thing. That's going to be his tournament story. Yep. And, you know, Claudio is there. You know, I don't know where Claudio is going to sit in this thing. You know, it's always the potential for any of these Blackpool Combat Club guys to win the tournament and go to the finals. I mean, there's three of them in this tournament. But, uh, yeah, the Blue League is looking really unpredictable right now. I love it. Yeah, BCC could face off at some point, yep. too. Uh, yeah, we will be getting Brian versus Claudio, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, this match was very good. This was one of the better matches of the entire tournament, in my honest opinion. Uh, so we go to a picture-in-picture uh, Andrade was placed on the ropes and Brody just absolutely fucking shot the shit out of him, uh, violently goes out to the floor. So he's on the outside and in the picture in picture, we see Brody hitting a charging cross body while Andrade is laid out against the barricade on the outside. Oh. What a oh. fucking splat Ouch. it made when he came back from commercial break. My goodness. Andrade tried to start a strike exchange with the big man, but King obviously won that one. And a corner charge missed, and King ran headfirst into the top turnbuckle. Andrade blocked the boot, multiple dragon screws on Brody King, finally taking him down with a flying forearm. Andrade hit a body slam, which he made look easy. He went up top and connected on a beautiful split-legged moonsault, very RVD style. So he hits the split-legged moonsault. King dodged a running double knees, the Meteora in the corner, turned Andrade inside out with a devastating lariat, flipped him over, goes for cover, gets a two-count. Brody then connects on his corner cannonball, which I would never want to be hit with ever. Andrade escapes, kicks out at two. He dodged a gonzo bomb, and both men start throwing bombs at each other. King went for another lariat. Andrade met him with a spinning back elbow. Signature Andrade move. Andrade then took too long going up to the top rope. Brody cut him off, and they couldn't manage to get off the top rope. Brody was looking for superplex. Instead, Andrade fell back and drove Brody's head uh, head first into the exposed part of the turnbuckle and followed with his hammerlock DDT for the one, two, three, and Andrade gets the victory. So that's how he that's how he managed to beat the big badass Brody King. Yeah. And and like you said, Jesse, before protect uh, watch the endings, protecting Brody. He didn't win fluky. He didn't win by, you know, just a regular DDT and Brody just laid there. There was a reason why he lost. Head met steel, and that's enough to take the big man out. Yep. I like they they found a way to put some kind of fuckery in the match without there being actual fuckery. Without I cheating. Mean, yeah, without cheating. To my yeah. to my knowledge, I didn't see a replay. I don't think you know anyone took the, the the fucking padding off intentionally. It just happened to come off. Yeah. And his head just happened to fucking hit it. And then Andrade's like, oh shit, I'm fucking pin him. Yeah. You know? Not my fucking fault. I mean, so protect it, you know, and I I, I like that shit. Cause then next week, you know, when when Brody wins, it's like, well, how could he lose to him but then beat him? Like he he, he got screwed. 
You know, what, do you, what can you do? Your fucking head hits a fucking steel cable. You can fucking lay out for three seconds, bro. That's how the fucking game works. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I thought this was a great match. Andrade goes to nine points to zero. And uh, the Continental Classic is really shaping up for down the stretch to be something really special. Renee Paquette's backstage with Kevin Ross and Marshall Von Erich. As Kevin says, he loves AEW and has many friends here. Dan Housen, Trent Beretta, and Orange Cassidy walk in and interrupt, and Cassidy said that he has a match on Rampage and asks both Ross and Marshall Von Erich to team with him in a six-man tag. They accepted, and they did an all-hands-in, you know, uh, salute, and the six-man match is now scheduled for Rampage. Uh, We don't know who their opponents are, but uh, Tony Khan giving the uh, Texas crowd some good old Von Erich love. On AEW Rampage. And that's the type of show to do it on. I, you know, I thought a lot of people were expecting a little bit more Von Eric presence here. Maybe an in-ring promo or an in-ring segment. We got a match on Friday. Tony Khan's very good at that. I'm sure he'll make good with that. Yeah, I mean, you see how the man was, you know, carrying himself in the promo. I mean, yeah. it's, it's good to give him some time to talk. But don't put him out there long enough to make himself look bad. You no. Know what I mean, and they had time to promote the movie a few times tonight. I think this was a fantastic place in the showing to do something like this. You know? Yeah, I'm very excited to see that movie. I think I may actually go to the theater when it comes out. I don't usually oh, do that. Oh, I will. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jericho and Kenny Omega, the Golden Jets, the number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Uh, they are in the ring. And we have an announcement here that the match is official with Ricky Starks and Big Bill for the pay-per-view at World's End. So Jericho says he spent three weeks planning to say to Big Bill and Ricky Starks, or what he was going to say to Big Bill and Ricky Starks. He told them to get their sorry asses out here. Starks and Bill came out. Starks asked, did you miss me? Starks then thanked Omega for AEW. Kind of, uh, kind of ominous. Yeah, thank you for AEW, Kenny. I'll, uh, I'll be uh, heading out and I'll be joining Cody in WWE in six months. <laughs> That's what I got from it. I don't know what you guys thought, but kind of odd that he said that. He said Jericho sucks the life out of every single thing. It's probably a shoot. So he has nothing to thank him for. Starks asked Omega if he can really trust Jericho. Big Bill told Omega if Jericho attacked him, nobody would be surprised. Omega turned to Jericho and said, Chris, you know I don't trust you. Omega brought up Big Bill's role in the firm. I wasn't sure that was still a thing, but I don't know why we're mentioning the firm. The further we can put that to bed and kill it, the better. Uh, He asked if fans remember the firm. I can't say that I do. Also, a shoot. Firm flopped. He said it was more like the flaccid or something more up your alleyway, soft. (laughs) Omega says he's the target of a beatdown every two weeks, and he gets back up. He challenged them to defend their titles at World's End. He referred to him as Jericho or as, uh, as him and Jericho as the Winnipeg Jets and then said, the Golden Jets, but the Winnipeg Jets are uh, kind of uh, the reason why they are the Golden Jets, and it's uh, a direct take on the Winnipeg Jets. So he wasn't really wrong, but maybe Kenny was a little, uh, a little, uh, I don't know, fagazi tonight. I don't know. He was uh, not his uh, his best on the microphone tonight. No. So Stark says he beat Jericho on Dynamite in January. Bill said Starks beat him twice, actually. So good on Big Bill for uh, for knowing his uh, analytics and statistics out there. 
Stark says that they are the best tag team that there is, even without a tag team name. So Jericho said, well, listen, they need a name. So fans chanted, assholes. Jericho said, how about the Rick and the Dick? Jericho then suggested Big Billy Starks. Starks looked at Jericho and said, well, that one fell flat. Jericho got the crowd to chant it anyway. Starks made fun of Jericho for looking like he got his outfit at Hot Topic. He called Starks a better-dressed, less charismatic version of Enzo Amore. Fans oohed at that one. Omega said at least Enzo would build Bill up and not take the entire spotlight. Starks says they're starting to piss him off. He says when they are ready for the defense at World's End, they will win because nobody is better than them. He called them the Winnipeg scumbags. Omega says, well, I'm going to let that stew for a little bit and then bid them and the fans adieu. I know this this received a lot of mixed reactions, Jesse, on social media from what I saw on my timeline. Um, it, A, felt long, number one. Uh, it didn't really do anything to build up animosity between these two teams because up until this point, I don't really think there really has been any on Dynamite, to be quite honest with you. Uh, whether or not that happened on Collision, I mean, if it happened on Collision, I didn't see it. And if it happened on Collision, I doubt there was any reason uh, for uh, a big uh, blow-up here on Dynamite. I don't know if this was effective to a point where I'm interested in seeing the tag team match or like you and I discussed several weeks ago, what the fuck are they doing with the tag team titles, man? They, they just don't feel important. And I have all the love in the world for Ricky Starks, and I think Big Bill has come along great. He's, he's been fantastic, but... I don't really see the tag team titles thriving on them, man. I don't see them doing anything with those tag team titles. I don't see Tony Khan doing anything with those tag team titles. They are in the worst state right now with those tag team titles that I think AEW's ever seen. Yeah, so this is an absolute, complete misuse of Kenny Omega right now. Um, I agree. I'm sorry. I just, I just feel like the company is at a point where they need their best up front and center. And Kenny Omega is somewhere way in the fucking back. Okay. Uh, MJF came out a couple of weeks ago and acknowledged that things are not going as well as, you know, that they should be in his company. And he has taken it and made it his own responsibility to put the company on his shoulders and run with it and, and carry them back to where they need to be. That's what we need to hear from a leader. Um, I think Kenny Omega should be standing there right next to MJF, not in the same feud per se, but at the same, at the same level of let's put this shit back where it's supposed to be. Kenny Omega is one of the very few people in this company that you can just put at the top of the card whenever you want. And it all fucking makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And right now this company does need a leader. All right, they need someone to step up and put some interest back into what they do and to bring that spark back into the company. I think MJF is in that spot. I think this injury that MJF is going through is hurting him more than he would fucking ever admit because it's at a critical time for this company right now. And I think Kenny Omega should be right there up front and center. And as far as the tag team titles, 
The Young Bucks, I see that they turned them heel and they started doing something with them, but where the fuck have they been? They need to be in the midst of this tag team situation and they need to be helping to get those tag team titles back where they should be. They promised us excellent tag team wrestling at the start of AEW. And we're not getting that right now. There's nothing wrong with Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Um, I don't agree with under the circumstances at which they won those titles, but you can't go back on what happened. So since they are, they are tag team champions now, let's do something actually fucking interesting with them. I've mentioned before how I thought FTR was being just, I'm just going to use the fucking word, being buried for being as close as they were to Punk. Now, I'm starting to feel that a little bit more because what the fuck are they doing with FTR? They're supposed to be one of the best tag teams in the fucking company. And on the company in the world. In the world. And Big Bill and Ricky Starks are the tag team champions and they feud with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, two people who are not even a tag team. All right. You need to start using people for what they're here for. And the Bucks are promised us fantastic tag team wrestling. Then give us that. Okay. Fuck all of the talk and all of the bullshit and all of the rumors and the punk shit. You want to be healed? Be healed. Get back into that shit and give us fantastic tag team wrestlings as heels. That's great. Kenny Omega needs to be doing something extremely fucking meaningful, meaningful and important. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure what it is. Make Kenny Omega the fucking devil. That's out of fucking left field. No one's calling that and no one would fucking complain. All right, I it puts I mean, him at the I, top I, of the I, fucking I, card. I wouldn't complain, you know. Make Kenny Omega the devil. Give us a good fucking reason for it, and I'm here for it. That's it. Kenny Omega's on top where he should be. He's the talk of the wrestling world because it turns out he's the fucking devil. Everything is right in the world. Just make it make sense and give us fantastic matches out of it. We got Kenny Omega, Samoa Joe. Yeah. All right, Kenny Omega, Cole. I mean, come on, man. I mean, do something with Kenny fucking Omega. First give us the cleaner. First of all, I got so many. I got so many thoughts in my head. N- number one, you know, I, I don't know how anybody could care about this tag team match, and and I'm a big fan of all four of these guys. Okay, realistically, like Jesse said, we should be getting Kenny Omega versus Ricky Starks at fucking World's End. That's the way it should be. Okay, yeah. in, in a perfect world with a story and something that's meaningful, it should be those two in the ring together. I don't want to say anything negative about Chris Jericho. Because Chris Jericho is a legend. He is partially the reason why AEW is where it is today. Chris Jericho is a great mind. But, and I mean this in no disrespect whatsoever to Chris Jericho. What Chris Jericho has done lately has not been interesting. I think he's overstayed his welcome as far as an on-air character. You know, it's just the same old, same old. It's not, it's not exciting. It's not worth investing yeah. my time in. It's just, it just sits there. I feel like Jericho is in this thing because there really isn't anything else for him to do. Tony Khan won't take him off television, and Jericho will not take a back seat and not be on television. That's the way that I feel about that. But it's not overly exciting or interesting. No, number three, where does this go? Clearly, Ricky Starks and Big Bill are losing those tag team championships to Kenny Omega and and Chris Jericho. So where do they go from there? Do they defend them against Kanosuke Takeshita and Will Hobbs after this is over? Like, are we gonna go? Are we gonna revisit the Don Callis family with Kenny Omega after all these weeks of it not even being raised on television as a problem? Like, what? Why? What? What happened to the story? 
Like, what happened to all the Don Callis shit? Don Callis is not on TV. I don't know what the fuck happened. Takeshita yeah. and Will Hobbs are on fucking Rampage wrestling uh, Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels and nothing tag team matches. Where the fuck is the story? Why isn't Takeshita in the fucking tournament? Why isn't Takeshita being built up for the international championship? Take it off of Orange Cassidy. Put some gold in the Don Callis family. What the fuck are we doing? And where is the tag team division? Why don't we get regular tag team matches on Dynamite anymore? Where are all these tag teams that we were promised at the start of AEW? I don't know who the fuck is what anymore. Where are the trios? Where are the trios titles? They're, 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 getting, they're getting scissors somewhere. So many problems with just this core group of talent. They made the trios titles pink and they disappeared. I don't understand it. How are you going to stop a fucking storyline to put these guys in a tag team title match to only revisit the story but take six, seven weeks off from telling the story? Who's going to give a shit about the Don Callis, Kenny Omega story if you take that long of a break but then go back to it because now they're the tag team champions? Yeah, yeah, it was it was hot. It was hot. I don't know what's going on with Takeshita, but if he's injured, it needs to be addressed. Don Callis is not fucking injured. Cor- he needs cor- to be out there talking. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Konosuke Takeshita beat Kenny Omega twice? Where the there fuck is he? Where, the, where is that? Where's that, beat, where's that payoff? How do you beat Kenny Omega twice and then not <laughs> get a fucking title match for it? I don't give a fuck how he won it. Where's the title match? You don't think that's good enough to be in the tournament? Now let's put Jay Lethal in the fucking tournament. You fucking yeah. out of your mind. Now, we can't put him in the tournament because we don't want to beat him. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. A tournament is Takeshita's... That's that's totally him right there. It's right up his alley. Is, is, is he, has he been on TV? Has he been on Rampage? Or Bro, he Collision? hasn't been on Dynamite. I don't give a fuck about Rampage. I just need to know if he's here He's working. been on Rampage wrestling in dark matches. He has? Yes. What the fuck, man? Hey, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to it. Let me let me go to uh, Tony Khan's favorite site, cagematch.net. Hold on a second. He's in ring working, and because I'm giving him the benefit of doubt, maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's having visa issues. Maybe there's family issues. Maybe there's some real life happens for pro wrestlers. I understand it, but if he's on rampage and doing dark matches and shit like that, now I'm pissed. Like you just said, he beat Kenny Omega twice. He beat your top guy twice. Bro, Great. this guy, the last two matches, obviously we've seen the street fight. The Sega Genesis street fight that they had with uh, Ibushi and the, the fucking bike and the steel pipe. He was in that match, all right? The okay. last two matches this guy was in, listen to this shit. Don Callis' family on the November 29th edition of Rampage. Takeshita, Kyle Fletcher, and Powerhouse Hobbs defeats Jossie, Kit Sackett, and Rennie D in 57 seconds. That was two weeks ago. Don Callis' family, Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. That was on the 12-6 edition of Rampage. This man beat Kenny Omega twice on pay-per-view to fight Jossie and Rennie D on Rampage. Okay. And you mean to tell me that Tony Khan knows what the fuck he's doing? So, I have nothing. The The guy's here. The guy's in the States, and the guy is working. I have nothing. I, 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 I'm sorry. 
I don't I don't I don't know what to fucking say. That's 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 fucking ridiculous. If the guy is here in the States and the guy's able to work and this is what you're doing with him, that's a complete fucking fail. That's a complete fucking fail. You you you've you've invested a lot into into Takesta and now he's on dark matches basically. So what this means to everybody that's uh, in the chat, maybe joining us right now live, what, what, this, what this explains is that Tony Khan has way too many wrestlers and he's clearly forgotten about Kanosuke Takashita. Man, sad. oh man, Tony Khan, man, listen, man, fly me to Jacksonville, bro. I'll fucking sit right next to you while we split these rosters on Dynamite and Collision so we get opportunity for someone like Takeshi to be on TV, man. The guy's wrestling fucking on Rampage in 57 seconds. Fly me out with, I do need like how a premium fuck, or, or first class seat on the plane. How, how do you sign that man's paycheck and, and willingly give him money and feel like you're getting a return on your investment? How? That is... That is fucking insane to me. Insane. Yeah. This man no should words. already be the international fucking champion. Yet it's on Orange Cassidy doing what? Yeah, let me parade around with fucking Danhausen. I have no. I love playing devil's advocate on some of these situations because we don't know. Family issues, travel issues, health issues. We don't know. Bro, travel issues, health Serena issues, D. this issue, my yeah. fucking, uh, my Antilles issues. I don't know who gives a fuck. He's on Rampage. He's on Rampage. I have no words. I don't, that's fucking terrible, man. That's fucking terrible. There's no excuse. If the guy's working, I don't care if everyone else in the Callis family is in the ER or at home. If the cashier is working, he should be on primetime TV putting something into a fantastic story. The guy can go. What are we doing here? And you know what Tony Khan's going to do? Because... By my fucking estimation, how many free agents are we going to have fucking strike 12 o'clock midnight on uh, on what? The 29th or well, the 27th? Whenever these guys are free. Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth. Come on in, man. Come on in. Ollie, more people. Come on Stop in. Matt more Riddle. Come on in, bro. You can fucking smoke all you want, man. So you know what that means? Takeshita. Moving down the ladder, man. Don Callis yeah. family? Yeah, fuck it. But we're going to bring in Dolph Ziggler. They're going to bring in a lot of these fucking free agents. And to be honest with you, they should not sign a single one of them. Not because of their talent. A lot of these guys are fucking very well talented. But he is not making well with the roster that he has right now. He needs to figure shit out first. Bring in Dolph Ziggler. You know what I heard they were going to do with Dolph Ziggler? Bring him in and they were going to pair him with CJ Perry. What? They wouldn't put him with his brother? I don't know, man. Maybe he doesn't want to give his brother the rub. You want to tag team? You want to tag team? You want to tag team division? There you go, man. Dolph That's is, a tag team. Dolph is one of the best pro wrestlers in the world. His brother can learn from Dolph. What the fuck are we? That's. That's a phenomenal. That's a brother tag team. What the fuck are they doing? I don't know, man. I don't know. Tony Khan better get his act together, man. This shit. This shit is I, the, the way that I make it sound. It sounds fucking grim as fuck. Honestly, but I mean, it's fucking laughable. How, 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 how do I sit here every week and call out these problems and nobody makes an issue of it? It's not a big deal. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're negative and we're critical of the product. This is not a fucking problem to you. My God, dude. If you were going to sign one of these guys 
and it's Dolph, and you don't put him with his brother and just make them a tag team, you need help in creative. Okay, you're 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 fucking overdoing it. You're overworked. You're overstressed. That's a layup. That that's a that's a toss. That that's an easy layup right there. That's a lob. Put these guys together. Put them in a tag division. Let their charisma go. Let Dolph's in-ring work go. And let them fucking bond with the crowd. And you'll have a fucking tag team right fucking there. I'll take the fucking... I'll take Dolph and his brother against the fucking Acclaim. You know, I mean, just tell a story. But why would you overcomplicate shit by bringing in Dolph and putting him somewhere else and making that... Put him with his brother. Let them go do their thing. And go give me another fucking story to fucking tell. What the... What? That is fucking stupid. Ridiculous. That is stupid. Ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. It's just, it's, it's, it's shit. It, it, it's, it, the creative here is shit. That's what it so, is. Sometimes simpler is better. Simple. Listen, we're going to get into this uh, Ruby Soho and Riho match. No, we're not. No, no we're, we're not. not. We're not. We're not. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I need to step away and get some fucking fresh air. What I need to do is do that. What you guys need to do is check out my sponsor for tonight's show, Magic Mind. How do I stay focused for these shows? How do I stay energized for these shows? How do I stay on point? How do I give you guys the best podcast in the community when it comes to AEW and WWE? That is easy, man. Tonight, my show is sponsored by Magic Mind. Guys, I got a confession to make. I am a huge coffee connoisseur. I am. I love coffee. I love a good cup of coffee. It's my kryptonite, actually. But I've come to realize that caffeine doesn't actually give you energy. It blocks the adenosine neuroreceptors in your brain and the neuroreceptors that tell you that you're tired. When the receptors unblock, one to three hours later, you experience what they call caffeine crash. Now, the matcha in Magic Mind prevents the full blocking of receptors, giving you sustainable energy without a crash. I have looked for alternatives for a very long time, man. A magic mind fell into my lap, and it was basically love at first sight. I love this little green bottle. I drink it in the morning. I drink it before I go live to give you guys the best podcast in the entire wrestling community. I drink it before I go to the gym to give me that little extra boost I need when I'm doing my workouts. This little green bottle has helped me fix and improve in several areas of my life. No more procrastination. I'm more focused. I get more done during the day without that midday nap or that midday crashing. No more anxiety. I cut back on the coffee, now back down to normal levels. These are the benefits that I've noticed by using Magic Mind for almost a month, and clearly you see that I love it. Half of this box, this is my second box, is already gone. If you're like me, I would totally recommend Magic Mind. Go to magicmind.com slash jdfromny and join a community of go-getters. You can also use my discount code jdny to get up to 56% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. That's 56% off. If you guys want to try Magic Mind, you can now find it in all Sprouts farmer's market stores across the country if you have a sprout store nearby get down there and grab yourself a couple of bottles of magic mind to try out once again that's magicmind.com slash jd from ny use that promo code jdny to save up to 56 percent off your first subscription or 20 percent off your first one-time purchase we are more focused right here on off the script thanks to my sponsors tonight from magic mind
Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you guys are enjoying the show tonight. Man, I'm on fire tonight, man. I, I'm on fire, man. Holy shit. I needed, I needed to take a step away, man. Holy shit. I almost shit. wish TK, I hadn't heard that about doing, the bro? What the fuck are you doing, man? Maybe TK needs some magic mind. I know what I'm getting him for Christmas, man. I'll be in Orlando where AEW is going to be on the 27th, man. I may gift Tony Khan some magic mind, huh? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen... Thank you for joining us on Off The Script. This is your AW Dynamite post show. Jesse and I love bringing this to you every week. Make sure you guys pull up a chair, order a beverage. Super Chats are there. They are up to you whether you want to do it or not. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. It's going to be last call in just a little bit. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for all notifications. We're about 150 away from 151,000 subscribers here on youtube man also follow jesse and i on social media it means a lot to us at jd from ny206 on x. i'm in the back cooking at tacos town smark on x if you guys want to hear what we have to say when we want to say it and make sure you guys go check out all the other videos on the channel man. there's plenty of it and members i mean what better place for the members to hang out man my mother's basement right Let's JD go back can't upstairs. Let's finish off this review. He's an asshole. And get the fuck out of here, man. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! I needed a What's walk. What's up, bro? Welcome back. I, I needed a walk, man. I need, to, I need to take a walk. You know. Yeah, man. Chat was talking shit about you, man, but not me, man. Oh yeah. What are they saying? Ah, yeah. uh, they know that those guys are assholes. Hey, what, listen, what, what, I, listen, I'm an asshole. What can I say? You know. At least I'm an uh, asshole that speaks the truth, man. I won't have it any other way. I yeah. really almost wish I hadn't heard that information about Takesta actually being on TV and wrestling. I. Man, I listen, man. I, I'm surprised you didn't know that. I mean, th this is the shit that I think about when uh, I'm at the gym or I'm fucking on the train coming home from the gym. I, I'm like, what are we gonna talk about tonight? I'm like, where the fuck's the cash died? If he's just, if he just wasn't on TV at all, it would have made more sense. It would have made more sense. I don't know. But the fact that he's here and working makes me ask, why in the fuck is he doing this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. How you got someone like that on your payroll? Like, yeah, he's best suited against uh, Christopher Daniels on Rampage. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, let's get through this shit. We had two matches that didn't really mean much of anything here. Roosh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Rio. How can we forget Rio, man? Rio uh, versus... No, no, Roosh and... No, go in the... Ruby nope. Soho and Rio, man. Oh, man. You know, Rio is back and looking for the world championship, man. I, I pose you this... Unbelievably important question, man. Listen, I I know it's gonna be difficult for you to answer, man, but I, I trust you. Riho, what has she done to get a championship match against Timeless Tony Storm, man? How long has she been out? Six months? Where, where's she been? Did anyone get the get a look at Ruby Soho's face when she came out tonight? Uh, I did not. Can you please fill us in? I wasn't, uh, I, I may have walked away to go get a bowl of popcorn. I'm telling you right now, Ruby 
looked about as enthusiastic as I do right now about this match. Well, you know, she did state that AEW is her home and will forever be her home. She came out giving absolutely zero fucks, and her face showed it. She had Lou's face all over her goddamn face when she came out. And I don't blame her. She, she had this look on her face like, why in the fuck are we doing this? And I'm right there with her. She doesn't have to say a word. I didn't hear her say anything. She hasn't reached out to me and said anything. I'm just reading this woman's face, and she is just as frustrated as we are with the women's division. It shows. I don't, don't blame her. You don't say, man. They're upset with the women's division, huh? Man. It's, uh, it's- listen, I, 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 have, I, have a, I have a question, man. Um, they, they were in Texas, correct, tonight? Yes. Uh, TK, uh, where, where is uh, where, where, where's Thunder Rosa? No, nope, just keep her off TV. Nope, fuck it. Nope. Where, where's wow. Thunder Rosa, man? Huh? Nope. No, we got fucking Riho. Nope. Forget Riho, it. man. Oh man, but 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 Mercedes said she's gonna save the division. Nope. I hope she goes back. The to fucking Chicago. white light from the heavens. Jesus could come down. And not even him could save the fucking division. They can't book a women's division to save their fucking life, man. And at one point, Jesse and I were like, yeah, Mercedes is going to come on in. We can't wait to see Mercedes just kill. What the fuck is she going to do when she gets here? Uh, If she gets here, what is she going to do? Do we even want her here? I genuinely, right hand to God, I'd rather see her go to TNA wrestling. Not even kidding. I'm I'm, I'm, listening, man. I'm right there with you. Not even kidding. I want to see her and Trinity in the same fucking company. Not even kidding, dude. Sign up for one year. Get her however you have to, Scott Demore. Just, just get her open because, look, I don't want to see her in AEW until they get their shit together, man. Sorry. Mercedes, a VIP at their biggest show ever that they hyped up as the biggest pro wrestling show of all time. Mercedes in, in September at Wembley in January at the Royal Rumble in Tampa. Watch. It's going to happen. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Ridiculous. Uh, who won here? Roosh. All right. Who, who won here? Re- Re- Reho won, right? Re- Reho Re- won. Re- Reho's getting a championship match. I can't wait to not watch that one at fucking pay per view. Holy shit. It's. Um, no direction, man. Where are we going with the women's division? Nowhere. Absolutely a waste of time. Jay Lethal and Roosh. This went five minutes. This was the shortest Continental Classic match up until this point. Roosh wins. He gets three points. Roosh is not winning the tournament, but it's nice to see him get a victory. Jay Lethal has a big fat donut in this tournament. And we talked about Brody, Jesse. We talked about Brody King. We talked about Andrade and their stories. We talked about uh, Swerve. And you guys know the story with Swerve and John Moxley, Brian Danielson with the eye injury, Eddie Kingston, Daniel Garcia. They all got stories, right? For the first time tonight, we saw what Jay Lethal's story was as he shoots a donut in this tournament. As in one, bro, he walked out after this match was over, right? He got uh, he got beat. He went for the lethal injection. Roosh caught him with a sleeper, and Lethal tapped out. That was the way the match ended. He walked out. Jarrett was out there with his wife, and Satnam Singh was out there. Sanjay Dutt was out there. He looked so defeated. They walked him up the ramp. He kind of walked away from them. And at that moment, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, there's his story right there. Maybe this is the turning point. Maybe this is the turning point for Jay Lethal. 
Bro, Jay Lethal has gotten so complacent and so, I would say, needing the Jarrett's and the campy bullshit to win his matches, he forgot how to win on his own. He, he doesn't know how to win on his own anymore. That's his story. He's upset that he can't win on his own and that he's relied on these fucking clowns all this time. And now when he needed to win on his own, he forgot how to, man. Boom. That's his story. Love it. This is his story. I, I, I see people talking about he's buried. He's a jobber. He's a, no. No, no, no. If you guys are sitting there thinking that Lethal is buried and he's worthless and he sucks, you don't understand storytelling through a tournament like this. All right? He's he's better off in this tournament losing than he is not being in the tournament and just doing random shit with the Jareds and everything yeah. else. This is better for him. This is his way out. This is his redemption story. This is his reason for his gimmick change or whatever whatever is coming for him. Maybe he's gonna get a new tag partner. Maybe he tags with uh with Mark Briscoe. Who knows? We'll see. But this is the the story is now telling itself with this tournament. People have to lose in the tournament in order to get a tournament a tournament winner. That's fine. Just do something with these losses, and that's what they're doing with Jay Lethal. I'm here for it. I want to see what they do with Lethal coming out of this tournament. Now, if Lethal comes out of this tournament with the goose egg and does nothing going forward, I will revisit this and proceed to shit all over it. Yeah. And we got detailed notes here. We'll go back to it. If they don't follow it up, we'll uh, we'll call it out. But uh, I like that they uh, they they stood with the camera on him, and we saw that at the end of the match. That's his story right there. Even though he has not one match in this tournament, that's great, awesome. Uh, Jay White, Mark Briscoe, Mark Briscoe has put on probably some of the best matches in this tournament, and uh, this one was also a great match with Jay White. Mark Briscoe, I will say this, has my favorite elbow drop right now in the business. Bailey's got a nice elbow drop. Kyrie's got a great elbow drop. But Mark Briscoe's elbow drop, man, that froggy bow is a thing of beauty. Love it. Um, Jay White wins here in 11 minutes. We go to a commercial break. Briscoe blocked a Blade Runner early on. White hit a DDT, goes for cover. We go to a commercial break after the kickout. Jay White controlled Briscoe during the break. He was slowing him down, leg hold, submissions. Briscoe finally landed a flying elbow drop off the ring apron. Briscoe powerbombed White out of the corner, went for a near fall, got a two count. He signaled for the J-Driller. Fans were chanting, them boys. Apparently that was a big thing over uh, social media over the last couple of days because the WWE on Fox tweeted out, uh, them boys... And then put a picture of Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Apparently, this was a big thing on social media. I don't know why, but uh, aren't the Dallas Cowboys dem boys too? Get off social media, people. Yeah. Make your make your own lives that much more. Listen, who, whoever runs the WW on Fox Twitter account, uh, I thought it was Satin at one point. Um, you know, he he doesn't do wrestling anymore. Thank Christ, because he's fucking awful. But uh, whoever's running that account clearly is just misinformed and has no prior knowledge of anything. So, I mean, go easy on them. They're a complete fucking low IQ, IQ of an eggplant moron. So don't worry about it. Mark Briscoe is not not a big deal. Mark, listen, Mark Briscoe is dealing with the loss of his brother. It's coming up on a year. Come on now. Have some sympathy. Okay. Uh, Jay White countered with a dragon screw followed by a sleeper suplex. Two of them. Knocked uh, or threw Briscoe on his head. Briscoe blocked a Blade Runner, suplexed White on the back of his head and neck with a sleeper suplex of his own. Briscoe then positioned White on the top rope. 
uh, for an elbow drop, but White lifted the knees to block the froggy bow. Quick blade runner for the win, and Jay White gets the victory here. He is having a great tournament of his own as well. Uh, he will factor into the end result for sure. Jay White now has nine points and joins before the match takes place. He joins Moxley and Swerve with nine points in the tournament. Good stuff. Fantastic stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm more interested in the story with Jay Lethal right now, to be honest with you, though. Yeah, well. I mean, but, but I mean, that story is now, it's now singling itself out, though. You know that that that's why it's more interesting. I mean, again, the further we go into this tournament, the more each match becomes more important. Hell, they were chanting "Holy shit" in the main event before it started. You know, we haven't seen that since Danielson versus Omega. I mean, that just goes to show you uh, how over Swerve is and where the direction should be, and that is how to push over him. Swerve is how much res- how how respected yes. Moxley is, and people know like shit shits. Something has to fucking go down here. Like the fans you know, know I, that I saw, this is I saw a big match. Out about it being a uh, being a tie. Yeah, I think that would have pissed people off. I mean, we wanted a winner, and that's what we got. Yeah, yeah. I, I I tweeted that out earlier around six o'clock. I'm like, if there's one match in this tournament that's going to go to a tie, it's going to be this match. But going on last, you are correct, Jesse. I mean, yeah. doing a tie or a time limit in, in the last match of the show is, I mean, that's kind of dangerous territory, man. It's a, it's an easy way to piss people off. It, it, it to me, it's a cop out, especially if you have a tournament where taking a loss doesn't eliminate you. You know, yeah, so I just, agree. Just, so just tell the story. I mean, he can, Swerve can take a loss; he's not out of it. No, and we'll get so to that, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. uh, that discussion in a little bit. Um, so both of these guys had nine points coming into this, and clearly these two were the odds-on favorite coming out of their block in the Gold League. Now there were holy shit chants before the match even started. And people were big into this. They knew this match was important, what it meant to the tournament. Whoever won this is probably going to the finals. Uh, Moxley, he was in the corner, exploded out of the corner, and came out of the corner with a lariat, rained down punches on Swerve, biting his arm, hitting a stalling pile driver. He then went out to the floor and crotched Swerve on the apron and had him uh, ride the bull on the apron. He was just nasty on the ring apron there with Swerve and uh, his uh, his uh, little boys down there. So we go to the, the commercial break. Uh, Strickland is on the apron, and then he gets driven into the ringside steps. Moxley, Moxley remained in control here during the commercial, and he hit a superplex. He kept Strickland grounded. Moxley took Strickland out with a lariat. Strickland fought back with a backbreaker. And that gave him a little separation, some time to recover. Diving uppercut off the second rope, which is Swerve's signature, led to a rolling flatliner attempt. Moxie was ready for it, hit a leaping cutter for two. Moxie's got a great-looking cutter. Moxie connected on a gotch-style pile driver. Swerve kicked out. Both men go back and forth with headbutts, big boots. Strickland got his rolling flatliner, rolled into the suplex. One of my favorite spots, man. Love it. It's so fluid. Moxley gets to his feet. He no-sold it. And then Swerve came in with a charging, almost like a Brian Danielson fucking uh, Busaiko knee, but it was or actually, no, it looked like a, a Drew McIntyre Claymore-style kick. Knock Moxley out. So Moxley gets up after this flatliner into the suplex, no-sells it. He's like hulking up. And then Swerve came out with the Claymore kick and uh, knocked him out. 
Goes for cover, gets a two count. So Swerve is stomping down with boots and anvil elbows, catching Moxley with the chops. He gets the house call. Swerve wanted the Swerve stomp. Moxley exploded to his feet and dumped Strickland to the floor, and he threw him off the top rope. He hit hard. So Paul Turner is counting, and Moxley's telling him, count, count, count. He would have taken a count out here because it would have led to Moxley getting three points no matter how he won. So Swerve gets back in the ring, and he broke the 10 count, rolls in, and Moxley immediately meets Swerve with a curb stomp. Goes for cover, gets a two. Justin Roberts gets on the, on the microphone. Five minutes remaining for this match. I'm like, all right, we may actually go the time limit here. Moxley applied a cross arm breaker. Strickland got to the ropes. Moxley, like a dummy, I don't know why this was even a spot in the match because Moxley is a fucking world-class performer. He knows the rules better than anybody. He knows the rules of the tournament better than anybody, Jesse. He went to go grab a fucking steel chair. Well, what sense did that make in this match? It was just so out of place. Why would you do that in a match like this? Because, I mean, because the referees are stupid. Uh, Yes, you are correct. And I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, okay. Let me rephrase that. The referees are booked to look stupid, and most of the time, when they walk into the ring with a foreign object like that, the ref goes for the object, grabs it, then turns their back to the wrestlers altogether to go safely put the chair down while they're not paying attention to what happens in the ring. That's normally what happens, and that's the first thing I thought about. Why in the fuck would Mox? Mox is a fucking seasoned veteran. Yeah. Why would he go grab a chair to get himself DQ'd? Because he knows the refs are fucking stupid. Speaking of, did we miss the Mr. Rick Knox botch already? Was it in this match? I forget what match it was in, but Rick I think Knox it was. The, I think counted, it was the. I think it was the Andrade match. Yeah, with, uh, with Brody Knox King. Counted three. Anybody else in the chat? You guys see Rick Knox count three? Yeah, I think it was the Andrade again. match. Yeah. <laughs> again, this is my first time seeing him since his last botch, too. Yeah, well, he's every every week it's something with him. Uh, so Moxley went to go grab the chair. He took way too long. Strickland came off the apron, dive and a pump kick on the apron, setting up Moxley on a steel chair, which he brought into the match. So Moxley's sitting on the chair, swerve connected with the swerve stomp off of the apron onto Moxley on the outside. So we go back in. He hits a proper swerve stomp. Moxley kicked out. Swerve went for the JML driver. Moxley rolled him up with a handful of trunks. And also, Strickland's shoulder was up, and Paul Turner counted one, two, three. From my vantage point, the shoulder looked up. That's why I put it in the notes. I don't know if you guys saw the same thing, but I I questioned, is this going to be a decision that gets overturned? Is this going to be a decision that comes back to haunt John Moxley in the tournament? Because clearly he cheated, and in a tournament like this, I I wonder if this is going to fly by. Tony Khan and the people making the decisions here, Jesse. With the outcome of this match, do you see this ending coming into play? Um, no. I, th- I think the ending was just there to keep Swerve strong. I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Um, the important thing, if you're gonna get Swerve a lot, Swerve, Swerve is like I said, Swerve is Swerve's ticket is punched. Okay. Um, all you gotta do is do right by him, and him losing a match in this tournament is not affecting his momentum at all, especially how the way they protected him as well. So, no harm done. Um, either one could easily come out with a believable win in this. Swerve was protected by the grabbing of the tights, and even uh, I think commentary even mentioned that it looked like his shoulder came up. I think Taz even mentioned that too. So either way, if they bring it up later, great. You know, it, it's an angle in the story, in the overall story. If they don't, Swerve was protected in this loss, and he could still win this whole damn thing. Um, it was a great match, no harm, no foul. Swerve is is still perfectly fine. 
Yep. Um, I had no issues with the match at all. Now, it's going to be a very interesting situation, okay? Swerve losing this match does not eliminate him from the tournament. There's two weeks left. There's two weeks left of matches, okay? Moxley can still lose a match. Whoever that may be against, I have no idea. I don't know who, who he has to wrestle yet. So uh, Moxley could lose a match. You know, clearly Tony Khan didn't want to beat Moxley with Swerve, and this was one of those matches where he, he just wanted to play the the safe card and take the, the, the safest route possible. But at the end of this tournament, Jesse, we could realistically look at Jay White, Swerve Strickland, and John Moxley all being in a tie at the top of the leaderboards. Now, I don't know how likely that is, but it is a possibility. Jay White sits at 9, Moxley at 12, and Swerve at 9. Now, if it goes to a tie and we get 12-12-12, Swerve has a victory over Jay White, Moxley has a victory over Swerve. Now, what do we do there? I mean, do we, do we get Moxley in the finals here? Or is Swerve really finished in this tournament? Triple threat. Well, I don't know if they go that route because what Excalibur said, it would be winner's advantage. That's true. That's you know? true. So Swerve think- has beaten Jay White already. If, if Swerve, Jay White, and Moxley are all tied, Swerve would have the advantage over Jay White, and then Moxley would have the advantage over Swerve. But now the cheating comes into play. I wonder if an executive decision is made and we get Swerve and Moxley in one more match before World's End, and then Swerve gets his win back and then goes to the finals. So here's my, here's my line of thinking. When, because, there's, because there's no way to, to, to predict what they're going to do, but here's what they should be doing. The winner of this tournament needs to be definitive and final and absolute. And, and if it's not, then I don't, think your, I don't think your tournament served the purpose that it, that it needed to serve. You need to crown an absolute winner, not one of dispute, not one of, like, oh, do we have a winner here? So as you're booking these matches and getting these points situated and everything, I would stay away from all these controversial ties and everything like that. There needs to be a clear points winner. If there's any, if there's going to be any kind of tie at all, let it be for second place. So then you can start working on your number one contender for the championship down the road. Hey, these two tied for second place. They're going to do battle at the next pay-per-view to see who actually came in second to then be in line for a title match. Something like that. But the winner needs to be definitive. And none of this, we don't know who it is bullshit. So they should stay clear of that as they're booking the ending to these matches. Yeah, so the chat is saying it's Moxley versus Jay White next week. I have Jay White beat Moxley. Jay White beats Moxley next week. So that would, mean, that would mean Jay White gets 12, Moxie would be at 12, and then Swerve, whoever he wrestles next week, I don't know who he wrestles next week, he would win, and that would be 12. So if that's the case, we get Jay White and Swerve kind of canceling each other out. Swerve has a victory over Jay White, so Jay White would be mathematically eliminated, but Jay White would then have a win over John Moxley. Jesse, you may be right. We may get a triple threat match. We may get a triple threat match. Maybe. You know, as long as we give a definitive win, if 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 there's if it's that kind of tie going on at the end, and you got to crown a legitimate winner with a triple threat, I'm okay with that. I mean, fucking change it up, make it interesting. I don't care. Yeah, but I don't want to see anything at the end. Was like, well, they tied in points, but they won in an earlier match in the tournament, so this guy's the winner. Yeah. No. 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 We need a definitive. This person won the match. This person is the champion. 
And the second place can be the person that was in that match. But guess what? They tied with points for this other person who wasn't in that match. So now they have a fucking feud to get into to come back to later. Maybe something like that if you're going to keep these points tight. But as long as we have a definitive winner, then your tournament served its purpose. Yeah, Jay White is not winning the tournament. I'm just, uh, I'm I'm convinced he's not winning the tournament. He's going to look strong in this tournament, but he's not going to end up in the finals. Uh, though, no matter who he goes up against, if it's uh, if it's Jay White and Brian Danielson, I mean, I'm not going to fucking bat an eyelash, but that's going to be a great match. But I don't I don't anticipate it being Jay White, but I'm going to tell you, man, um, I don't think it's anywhere near out of the realm of possibility no. because we see how much confidence that TK has in Jay White by having him walking around carrying the AEW title for a few months. Yeah. So you know, he has yeah. faith in him. Yeah, it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be a rematch with Swerve and Moxley in the semifinals in the in the Gold League, uh, or it's going to be a triple threat match and everybody's tied because they have all canceled each other out. And, uh, you know, we are going to get uh, a definitive winner, like Jesse said, and the semifinals is going to be a triple threat match. It is kind of confusing and convoluted, uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, they, they may be uh, looking for something crazy here. They want to go out with a bang. I thought this was a great match. I know a lot of people are upset about this decision. I know a lot of people would have put Swerve over in this instance because he's the most over. Tony, you got to understand, Tony Khan is so protective over John Moxley. He's just not going to beat John Moxley and just have it be like, you know what, is it L? Yeah, you know he's gonna he's gonna make it difficult for you when it comes to John Moxley or anybody in the Blackpool Combat Club. But which I agree with. You know, yeah. I mean, he is he's he's a final boss there. Yeah, I, I agree with keep you gotta keep you gotta keep some guys strong, man. Swerve is trying to get to where Moxley is, you know, and he's not far off. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with losing to John Moxley in this company. I mean, he's Swerve is perfectly fine. Moxley will take L's, you know, when they're ready, when it's when it's appropriate. But at this stage, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. There is no harm to Swerve. Swerve is still fucking white hot right now. And still the odds on favorite to probably win this damn tournament. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the show, we cut to the parking lot where Adam Page was uh, leaving the building and he was attacked by uh, the Foot Clan, the devil's henchman. And the devil gets out of the limo and gives the okay to uh, take him out. And then the bigger of uh, all of the henchmen, which we assume is Wardlow, uh, attacked Hangman and chokeslammed him on, a.k.a. Real Glass. So that's the way Dynamite went off the air. We saw the devil and... Uh, they are playing up the fact that the devil is there. He's uh, manipulating things, and Adam Page is not in the running for the man under the mask. So there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your uh, AEW Dynamite post. If you enjoyed today's post show, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please let me know down below with a comment. Go check us out on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go follow Jesse on YouTube. I linked his YouTube channel in the description at the very top. Just click on his name. He'll take you right there. Go follow me, guys. It's going to be some changes coming to my channel come 2024. Going to be doing big things, man. A lot more content. There you go. And make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. More coming tomorrow. Thank you guys for all the support. 
Let's get into the super chats here, guys. Also, tonight's show sponsored by Magic Mind. Please click the link that I pinned on top of the live stream chat. Seriously, go check them out. I don't promote anything I don't use. I've been drinking it for uh, a month straight now. I absolutely love it. It's delicious. I take it with me to the gym uh, on uh, long car rides when I need just to pick me up to do my errands, whatever. Go pick some up. Great deal for all my listeners. Magic Mind is awesome. Michelle! The $2 super chat. I love Moxie, but he was the wrong winner. You're not the only one that felt that way. It's okay to be, you mean, you know, be that invested and interested and mm-hmm. passionate about the tournament. That's all good. It means the tournament's working. Good. Yeah. Uh, Lord J. Coyle with the $2 super chat. Dynamite has consistently been a very good show. It, it's it's always it's always a good show. It's good. It's just good. Jay. You know, yeah. but uh they are not perfect by any means. No. Jason with a $5 super chat. What if glass is a main clue? They want you to think that. I think nothing is out of contention here. Yeah. Devoted with 17 months. OTS for life. Keep it the excellent work, guys. Much love and respect. Thank you, Devoted, and thank you for 17 months, man. Uh, Drew Gilmore. What's up, buddy? 16 months. 16 months. Eight years unofficially strong. OTS for life now and forever. Much love. My favorite tag team in the IWC. Cannot wait. To see AEW in Orlando. I will be down there that week, bro. Some family stuff. Don't know if I'm going to AEW, though. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Strickland, Moxley, match of the night. I agree. Jason with a five. I heard through the grapevine that Kota Ibushi is dating Lizzo, of all people. Uh, I would hope not. I would hope Kota Ibushi has better taste than Lizzo. I don't know where we get this information from, bro. I don't know. I don't know, man. Listen, man, if Lizzo's your cup of coffee, who am I to say anything, man, really? Uh, Hooligram with a $5 super chat. Do either of you think that there could be more than one devil? Just curious. Well, Hooligram, we did uh, discuss that earlier. The devil may not actually be the devil. You know? He may be the right-hand man of the devil. Why do you people get this shit? Lizzo and Coda? Okay. I mean. Bro, Lizzo is as big as Snorlax. She's a a whole Pokemon region. Never mind. I'm not going to sit here and bash on Lizzo. I'm not taking part in that. (laughs) I just want to know where this bullshit came from. Listen, bro. If you're fat, you're fat, okay? She's fat. I'm sorry. Give me a break. What is that to be afraid of? I'll cancel him. So says the guy that has a whole... Oh, never mind. What? <laughs> Who? What? What? You, 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 cat, cat, cat got your tongue broke? What, what happened? Oh, so says the guy with the whole catalog full of shit that keeps coming up from his past. Ah, there it is. Uh, who gives a shit? Still here, ain't I? Still here. Uh, Hologram, yeah, we talked about it earlier, man. Um, William with a five. I'd like to go to a hog show. I've heard great things. But do you post anywhere a full match card for each show so I know who's on the show? Um, William, the best I could say is follow... The House of Glory uh, official Instagram page. Everything you need is on Instagram. Um, Snorlax. No, 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 no. 
Yeah, Snorlax, Snorlax is greater than Lizzo. Yes, I agree. Snorlax is actually uh, cuter than Lizzo, too. Christopher Smith with a 499. I like WWE. I like AEW. I like some local promotions as well. WWE is doing great for AEW. AEW is doing great for WWE. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Christopher. Tenorio with a $5 super chat. JD, did you like the Nasty Boys? Yeah, I did. With, with Jimmy Hart? Yeah. Remember the Nasty Boys, bro, with their uh, signature move, the pit stop? Yeah, they were fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just oh, said a few man. minutes ago how I come here and I'm honest. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've never found the Nasty Boys entertaining on any level. Golden Boy with 26 months with the devil. The most important part is that they got everyone invested in talking. Who is it? Who it could be? That's all that matters. Let's keep rocking out. I agree, Golden Boy. Thank you for 26 months. Um, Golden Boy also with a $5 Super Jet. JD, I said this before. The IWC fan base is toxic. You have your opinions, whether right or wrong, but you acknowledging them gives them energy. Don't waste yours. Listen, man, I find it to be very disrespectful because people are very, very, very misinformed. So that was the discussion earlier. We are only fair here. We're not shills and we don't uh, have any tribalistic, uh, you know, uh, ways towards AEW or WWE. We're right down the middle. Jimmy Fingers with a 1019 and a 2019. Thank you, Jimmy Fingers. Uh, is there not a better use for Briscoe than enhancement talent? The guy is giving us banger matches every week. Maybe at least one W before he goes into his match with Brian. He deserves better. I do think he gets one win in the tournament. I do. Um, he will be at final battle as well. He'll be teaming with uh, FTR against Brian Danielson, Claudio, and John Moxley in a six-man tag, which is basically an AEW main event on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I think, I think sometimes people don't understand when we say wins and losses do matter. Wins and losses do matter, but that doesn't mean that if you get a L that it's the end of the world. It matters in the sense of it needs to be a part of the story. It matters in the sense of you can't keep giving someone L's and then the next week you give them a title shot. That's what we mean. Yeah. If someone is taking L's, wins and losses matter. Just continue to tell the story that you're telling us and incorporate the fact that this person has been losing. Okay, they matter. They do matter. They always matter. It's up yep. to the head booker to make it matter. Yep. Uh, I'm going out on a limb just to try and think outside the obvious on the devil. Would it be a shock if it's Brian and use the Iron Man loss as the story? Doesn't Brian need to hold that title at least once before he calls it a day? No, Brian's not the devil. That is way, way, way outside the box, man. No, that's not going to work. Uh, Robert Lamoa with a $5 Super Chat. It seems like AEW has become a welfare company for these wrestlers. That's fucking... That's, that's disrespectful, man. Listen, bro. The roster's bloated, okay? We know that. But they're being paid, and they're living their life, and their families are taken care of. Yeah. That's the most important. Jimmy Fingers with a 519. Has anyone seen Takeshita? And whatever happened to Lance Archer and the Righteous? Are they on Ring of Honor with Athena? Why is Riho featured on TV over the... Bro, there's too many questions at this hour. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, we talked about Takeshita earlier, brother. It's it, it's absolutely fucking asinine, honestly. I don't even know how it's a thing. No. J. 
Jabril Muhammad with a 499. In my opinion, John Moxley has a very underrated cutter. Yes, I agree. Um, Jason Barker, $5 super chat. Riho looks like she pee-pees on my front porch. Welcome, Matt, if she wants to. Not a fan of Riho, Jason. I see. Thank you. Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. What is Tony Khan doing with Ruby Soho? First, they put her in this stupid love angle. Now she's a jobber, but people will say it's okay, though. Yeah, did they did they wrap that storyline up with uh, Angela Parker, or is that still a thing? Can someone fill us in? I don't know. The last time we saw him on TV with her, they were uh, giving Ruby Soho flowers. Is that finished now? Delightful entertainment, he says. Roderick! Strong. We love Roddy. The notorious People's Bean with a new membership. Thank you, Bean. I used to love Mr. Bean. I love Pinto beans. In my burrito. What are you, a Pinto or black bean guy, Jesse? You like beans in your chili? Yeah. No? What do you like in your chili? I like Texas-style chili. Uh, Tomatoes, um, chilies, ground beef, or steak. Ground Soft. beef and beans. That sounds good to me. I don't like I don't like a, I don't like a chunky chili, man. I don't like chunky tomatoes. I like a, you know in my, in my pasta sauce when I have uh, pasta sauce. I don't like chunky tomatoes in my sauce. I like it all smooth. I like diced tomatoes. Yeah. Like, I don't like big, huge chunks, but I don't want just all. Sauce. I'm a weirdo, man. I won't I won't eat hot tomatoes. It's just something about the texture and consistency, man. I'll eat tomatoes cold all day long, but hot tomatoes I won't eat. Well, yeah. I guess I can see it. Um, chili is award-winning, though, man. Your chili is. My chili is. Tacos and chili. Tacos and chili, man. I stand by it. Um, Mike NY with a two-dot super chat. Uh, super chat. MJF was marking when meeting John Cena, 23. Crazy. I mean, why wouldn't he? MJF he met him at the pre-beer? Yeah. MJF yeah. living his best life. Good for him. Yeah, man. Uh, we got one from uh, Guap Rollin. My tribalism is pro wrestling. Love you guys. Thank you for the 199, Rollin. Killicious with a 499. Great show tonight, JD and Jesse. But I got to ask, Nia Jax versus Jesse. No, no, nope, nope. And his carne asada extra spicy tacos. Who will win? Nope. Do you want to entertain that question? No? No? Okay. I'm going to go with Jesse's carne asada, man. That's what I'm going with. Um, Gears with the $10 Super Chat. No Christian Edge tonight, or Copeland. You said Edge, Copeland. Did they address it? Yeah, they showed a replay of what happened. We got no explanation. That, uh, that's fine. Just, just just keep the feud fresh. Yep. Uh, will they be on Collision? I don't know. I don't think I'm covering Collision. Every time I do, I regret it. Yeah. I'd rather be doing something else. Uh, AEW is such a mess with the roster. You don't know who will be on what show. Also, where's Wardlow? Thanks, JD and Jesse. Well, he had a promo tonight and said that uh, everything in MJF's world will end. So there's a big clue right there. Stay tuned to my future content. Uh, and Mike NY with a $5 Super Chat. With TNA going to be streaming on Endeavor, I think something brewing between WWE and TNA. Big twist. Trinity reunite with Sasha in the Rumble. 
I don't think that's going to mean WWE and, and, and Impact are teaming up. Well, who the fuck knows, man? You know, Triple H wants to open the doors to all the promotions. It was Vince that didn't want to do it. But like we always say, WWE doesn't play well with others in their sandbox. You know? Um, I saw Black Tarus advertised on ROH. He is a TNA contracted wrestler. Oh, yeah. He's coming to Hog in January. Is he? Yeah. With that Impact show. Brace for Impact. It's Impact versus Hog. There you go. Black, hey, I mean, Black, Black Taurus versus Vikingo, man. Tony Khan's going to be uh, fucking drooling in a gorilla. Rent a lucha heaven, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, AEW plays well with others, man. Yeah. I, I will I will say that uh, in, in, in the midst of this tribalism talk, I will say that AEW plays well with others and they have on record to try to play well with WWE and was viciously rejected. So. Yeah. That being said, who was right, who was wrong, I don't know. But the 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 olive branch was extended by Tony Khan, and it was slapped down by WWE. For, for, for better or for worse, those are the facts of that issue. Guys, that's all we got for you. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the support. Follow us on social media, at JD from NY206, at Chi-Town Smart. Follow Jesse on YouTube. Link is down below in the top of the description. Hit that subscribe button. Go check out all the other content on the channel, and please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up, please do so. It helps me out tremendously. And I will see you guys back on Friday, live after SmackDown. Roman Reigns is back. What is he going to say, and is Randy Orton going to have anything to do with that? We will figure that out. Guys, I'm going to leave you with some Dragon Force power of the Saber Blade, and I will see you guys on Friday after smack and I'll talk to you guys later. Outside the new sun rising, no way to even stand. Passed out, there was no warning, wait for the outstretched hand. My soul will always find you, no matter where you are. You'll always feel the not so far. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.